The Reaper, the Maelstrom and the Thief is a Dungeons & Dragons show by Rollcast, intended for mature audiences. It contains mature themes, strong language, violence and drug references. Full content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello and welcome back to another session of The Reaper, the Maelstrom and the Thief. I'm your Games Master Tom and with me as usual at JB. Hey. Kugan. Bonjour. In Gaz. We'll jump straight into the summary of last session and continue on our adventure. Having finally returned to Salt Harbour, the group rested overnight with varying levels of su- success. Raga woke with no hangover, surprisingly, but in trying to awaken Bimit, he ended up harming him, though he made up for it by giving the Wormling a lot of his coffee, which in turn made Bimit extremely hyper. After Ivor had made his way down, the two of them realised that Gregor had not come down yet, and so they made their way to his room. Unbeknownst to them, Gregor had had issues sleeping due to both his false memories and his true memories fighting for dominance within his head. Fed up of waiting, Rag booted the door down, which in turn caused Gregor to storm out and drew the ire of Crumb. Before they left for the day, the group bought some meat from Crumb, and Rag paid extra to see that the door he had broken would be fixed. Once they were in the street, Gregor confided in Ivok that his memories were mixed up, though the monk managed to calm him down slightly when he confirmed a few of them. They made their way back. To, they made their way to the blacksmiths, and entered to find Zelna's crinkle snaff working, despite it being early in the morning. There, Ivok received his commissioned hand axe and requested another to be made. Gregor requested some alterations to his sunblade, and Rag commissioned some armor at a high price. All of the group paid their deposits and agreed to return within three days to receive their new items and pay the outstanding fees. Before they left. Rag was told of the dark area, and although he tried to convince Zelnus to reveal the location, he was ultimately unsuccessful. However, Zelnus did tell them that Arjik Lerara, a Winjinassi that had previously encountered the group, would grant them access. They made their way to the financial district in search of him, and entered the Fighters Guild, hoping to spot him. Once inside though, the group split, with Rag and Gregor viewing a fight from a distance, in a vain attempt at jogging Gregor's memories, but it was to no avail. As this happened, Ivok inquired with the waitstaff about Arja's location, and was told that he would be either in the slums or elsewhere within the financial district. Before leaving, Gregor and Rag ran into Murug, the fighter's guild owner, who immediately recognised them both, and tried to goad them into a rematch with Shorduk. The half-orc fighter they had both fought and that Rag had walked away from as the victor. Although he was not successful with Rag, Morag convinced Gregor to fight again, and booked him in for a rematch that night, with Rag deciding to bet 500 gold pieces, with a deposit of 200 gold pieces, on Gregor. Once outside with Ivok, the fight later that evening was revealed, and a brutal argument took place between Rag and Ivok, only to be broken up by Gregor, Infuriated by the situation, Ivok stormed off 
and began to meditate near some dilapidated buildings to calm down. Once again, the group split up in search of Aja. Rag headed into the slums and began to play his lute, gaining the attention of the slum dwellers and entering into a duet with a small rock gnome who, upon completion of the duet, invited Rag into his tent to discuss matters. Once inside, he told Rag a little of his past and his role in the slums. He also told Rag that Aja would be found within the financial area, near some ruins. Thanking him, Rag headed out once more. By luck, as this was happening, Gregor had found himself in the ruins and had asked a nearby tiefling for help. The tiefling then fetched Aja. When he met Gregor, Aja told him that he would only grant access to the group if they completed one of three jobs. Drug smuggling Wormwood, a hallucinogenic bark, extorting money from a shopkeeper, assassinating the fighters guild owner Morug. Gregor requested that he be allowed to discuss with his companions, which Aja allowed. Meeting back up with the group, he relayed the message, and though, although he initially had an idea for Aja to bet on him to win during his fight, this was soon shot down by the group, and they agreed to meet Aja once again to discuss terms. After meeting with the Winjanasi and getting full information, it looked as though the group would take on the assassination contract for a cut of the reward. However, Ivok turned it down due to his moral convictions, though seemingly had no issues with smuggling in drugs. Rag then accepted the smuggling mission on behalf of the group, but he also then entered into a secret pact with Aja to complete the assassination without the knowledge of the rest of the group. As he headed back, he realised that Bimit had been on his shoulders the entire time, and in an attempt to keep him quiet, fed him a steady amount of food. Reunited once more, the group continued on their way. And that is where we got up to, guys, last session. So you, you are all currently still in the um, financial district. You have, sorry, you've just finished discussing, yep, there. You've just finished discussing the contract. Um, Ivok, if I remember rightly, you had told Rag that you were proud of him for keeping complete trust with the group and that you could all discuss things and come to an agreement. What time of day is it now? Um, at this point in time, it is very early afternoon. So I would say probably around about maybe one-ish. What should we do next? I think it's about time we maybe get ready for your your uh, session later on this evening. Drink? Aye. Well, when would this be smuggling mission? When, when about that? Repeat the question, Ivor. Uh, when, when was this mission that we had to do? When? Yes, we have to meet a contact at a certain time, don't we? Uh, I believe I've given you the uh, the scroll. Oh yes, of course. I'll just have a read now. Which one was that? Was that the last? 
I'm afraid I can't tell you what the contract was. You guys do have the information. Well, even if I've got the scroll in game. Okay. Jealous that wasn't listening again. Because I think in my head I would have been like, oh well, I've got a scroll in game that will tell me. So. If you actually have the scroll, then yes, I can relay the information to you. But I would, you would have to check your inventory to see if you actually do have the scroll or not. Well, according to this, a shipment of wormwood and the courier will be outside the harbour at the mill and it smells. Uh, yeah, I've got, and then I've got a note saying I've got the scroll that tells me it's due, it's, due, it's, due, it's due in two days' time. Oh, two days. Okay. Well, I suppose we'd best prepare for your fight then, hadn't we? That's fine with me. How how long until uh, until your fight? No, until your armor is, is complete. Uh, did you, uh, you didn't get any armor, did you? No, no. I've only just started making my improvements on my sunblade. So I would say that's going to be ready in a couple of days, I believe. Well. Before we set the off. first things we need to do is, is is your fight tonight, and then we can focus on getting into the uh, the dark area after we've completed the uh, the wormwood challenge. Agreed. Agreed. Are you still all right with this, Ivok? Yes. May I suggest we fill our bellies before this venture tonight? Sounds good. Let's head back to the commercial district. Uh, I am going to. Uh, to um, take some time out alone and reflect, spend some time. Uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to go and scout the, uh, the fighters' guild for later on tonight. Are you now? Are you now? Okay. Yeah. All right. Talk to you. Are you Are you coming, Ivok? Hi. I need a hearty meal. You want us to take Bimit? Bimit can stay with me. Bye. All right then, we'll meet you back here. Grab a steak for uh, for Bimit. Will do. Will do. All right, I'm gonna start walking to the commercial district. I'll follow him. Right, Rag. Where are you going at the moment then, as well? Going to the uh, Fighters Guild where he's gonna be fighting tonight. Yeah. Uh, okay. Presuming it's still it's open all day. Yeah, yeah, it's open all day. Um, so yeah, to begin with, then we will let's keep with Rag for now. As Ivok and Gregor, you start making your way through the financial district, down towards where the commercial area is, looking for any establishment really that sells some food. Rag, you watch them walk off, and you are now left alone in the financial district. I'm going to head. I'm going to take a light, light stroll over to the, uh, the guild. Then uh, it's not far from here. It's just in the corner, isn't it? It's in the center. So yeah, it's literally. If you turn, if you turned around where you were after you come back, if after you came out of the ruins, it's pretty much there. You can see the big, like, circular building with the like tarpaulins down from them. You can hear a lot of cheering still. Even though it's midday, there are a couple of 
lower ranked fights happening. Okay. I'm just going to have a look around. Watch this fight. Uh, can I see where is the, the betters table for where I am at the moment? Okay, so at the moment you were still outside, but as you enter in, you can hear the fighting noises once more. The the actual Fighters Guild itself, the entrance areas, are a lot more sparse than they were earlier on in the day during um, Shardock's exhibition match. As you walk in, there's a couple of waitresses walking by again with some drinks. You can see a couple of people looking a little bit worse for wear, to be quite honest, already at this point in the day. And as you look around, you can see the betting table in the far corner where you currently are. Can I see uh, Murug? Uh, roll me perception, please, because there's quite a few people in your way. People are just weaving in and out. Fifteen. So you take a quick glance, and sure enough, despite there being a large amount of people, you can see that Murug is currently just stood on the table, just shouting at people, taking money out of their hands. You can see that he's quite busy at the moment. I'm going to walk over to uh, to Murug and uh, try and get his attention. Is there any people around him trying to make bets, or is it going straight in for a combo? There, there is a bit of a throng around the betters table itself. There's like you can just hear people just five five gold on short up tonight, ten gold on the on the challenger. You can just hear them shouting all over each other. Morug is trying his best really to um, to take all the bets, but it looks like he is struggling a little bit. Right, I'm gonna uh, push my way to the front then. Badge my way past everybody and get myself right to the front. Yeah, you do. You do, sir. And there's quite a few people that you know, like they try and shove back, but you're you're a big set half orc. You're just shoving straight through them. A couple of them look at you with what you can only assume is anger in their eyes, but generally most of them have let you go by. You get to the front and you look up ever so slightly, seeing as Morug is a short goblin, and you can see Morug just taking more bets. Right, say to him, uh, God, man, do you never go home? He he takes a second. He's still taking bets and stuff at this point, but he hears you. Just looks down. Ah, you're the uh, you're that half orc that uh, well, you weren't going to fight, and then you placed a bet. Yeah, that's me. I don't go home as long as there's a uh, as long as there's gold to be made. There's gold. To be made. How is the gold going for this evening? <laughs> Splendid, my friend. Splendid. It's more than flowing, it's gushing. Okay, that's great. It's going to be a good one. I expect so. <laughs> good. Um, remind me for this evening, um, you remember I've placed 250 gold pieces down on my, uh, my fellow friend. Hold on one second there. Just kind of reaches into his pocket, pulls out a small notebook. You'd only paid a deposit of 200 gold, if I remember rightly. <laughs> you are correct, you are correct. Mm, trying to pull a sly one, it's not going to uh, work in Morrug. Well, life goes on. Can't blame a guy for trying, I guess. And I believe the rest of the payment will be 300 gold? That's correct, yeah, that's correct. 
Well, what is what what is the return odds in this game? Maybe got a proposition for it. Well, you you place the bet on uh, on that Dragonborn, right? So you get three times your gold back if he wins. If you placed it on Shorduck, you'd get about seven hundred and fifty gold back. He's the favorite. I would like to add an additional 200 gold to the bet tonight. Would that be on the Dragonborn or on uh, on Shorduck? So 700 gold in total, huh? 700 gold with the same odds. <laughs> well, I can agree to that. I'm sure you can. I will uh, happily hand over the 200 gold pieces to you right now. You just kind of pull out a bag of gold and just kind of like drop it in his hands. You can hear it hit over the throng of people. Just kind of weighs it up. Feels about right. No, it's right. But uh, if I remember rightly, you still owe you still owe three hundred gold then for the total. Promised. Say that again. Sorry, you kind of cut out. That will be tonight, as promised. Very well. Very well. He just kind of takes his notebook. Just you see him scribbling out very quickly for a second, and then just writing another number down. So if your if your friend wins, twenty one hundred gold. If he loses, you've just lost seven hundred gold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. No, uh, you sure about that, friend? I'm sure about that. Mm, very All well. All aside, uh, I believe this is the the final fight of the this evening. Yeah, it's the main event. The main event. Yes. Uh, will we? Will you be closing? Closing down after that? To the public, yeah. Well, obviously, our fighters will have to have some downtime. I'll probably there, have a chat with my fighter. Is there some sort of a lock in? What do you mean by that? Well, uh, the lock-in? general patrons, public go home and you've closed the doors, and maybe something additional happens inside afterwards. I mean, you've just said yourself you would. You don't go home unless there's gold to be made. I mean, is there anything going on behind closed doors? Roll me a persuasion check. My gold speaks for itself. That's all. Roll a persuasion check. 20, not a natural. Takes a second, and he just kind of looks around... At this point, there are still lots of people just, like, stood behind you. They're starting to push a little bit. They're starting to get a bit irate. He leads in a bit close. Well, we normally, uh... Like I say, I normally chat with my fighter and whatnot, but, um... They normally have a couple of drinks and... Just de-stress. If you get in a drift. De-stress. Just nods. Yeah, I... Fighting... Fighting causes a lot of stress, so they, they drink and they chat. It's not open to the public, though, you see. There's a lot of, uh, there's still a lot of anger in them after a fight, so if anything ever breaks out, we don't want the public to be involved. I understand. Maybe I could be, um, a sit-in on this, this evening. Roll another persuasion, but with advantage this time. 
20 for the first. A natural one for the second, so. 20. That's a very lucky. Ooh. Well, that would depend. I mean. If you're just a general public goer, then no, you. I'm afraid I can't do that. But if you're Gregor, is it? His manager? Or his coach? Then yeah, I, I could let you stay. Of course, of course. There's a lot of coaching and managing involved in this uh, particular Dragonborn. Is, uh, it's, it's not easily manageable, you see. So it's... it's. I like to stay to stay close, especially after a fight. I mean, of we course, may of course. To, um, we, we, we may have to send him off after the fight, you know, is, uh, to keep his mentality up to some form of sanity. Well, the only thing that I would say is, if you're staying, it doesn't matter if he's in the area where we're going to be relaxing and stuff, but he can't leave the building, you see. He's your liability. Well, I understand he's my liability, but he's also... In fact, you've never once told me that he's my liability. Well, if you're his coach or his manager, he becomes your liability. He, well, during during fighting, he becomes my responsibility. During the fight and afterwards, if you're his manager or his coach, you're responsible for all of his actions, in or out of the fight. Yes, That's what it means to be a coach. And, and I understand. And after his fights, we have certain things in place where we have our own healers and special people to to take care of him. So we like to we like to get him out of here as quickly as possible. So he's he's ready to fight again. Very well, but like I say, your own healers and your practices and whatnot, they can happen in the actual. They can happen in the actual. Uh, Fighters Guild itself, but it doesn't have to be around everyone else. There are multiple locker rooms he could he could recuperate in. But if you're wanting to mingle with everyone else, well, you're gonna, he's gonna have to stay in the building. I mean, if he's out of the building, I'm not saying that this would happen, but it could happen, and he's all hopped up from the fight. What happens if he just punches someone outside and you're not there? Like I say, I have things in place for that. There's not roll, only me involved. Roll one more persuasion. As you two are just trying to come to some form of arrangement. <laughs> 22. He pauses for a second. He can tell that you, you're not really going to give up on this. He just kind of rubs his face a little bit. I tell you what. For you, because this is pretty much the rematch of the century, and as you can see, arms out, pointing towards everyone trying to place a bet. I'm taking quite a lot of money from this, so if he wants to leave the venue, I'll allow it. And if you want to stay, I'll allow it too. But if he causes any trouble out on the streets or anything like that, then I take no responsibility for any of this. I wouldn't expect you to. Very well then, very well. Well, I'll look forward to, to having a chat with you later this evening after the fight. Mm. Uh, let's, let's, let's maybe grab a drink. He just kind of smiles at that. Well, if you win, 
you're paying. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> he just kind of he grins at that and just nods, like nods a nod of approval at you. All right. I'll see you tonight. I'll see you tonight. <laughs> I'll see you tonight. He just kind of leans forward so his like hooked nose is like centimeters away from yours. I'll see you tonight. It's on my elbow on the table. Then. I'll see you tonight. <laughs> Roll me an intimidation, please. As your as this giant orc is just like slamming his hand on the table. Seventeen. You slam your hand on the table, and the force of it actually causes Murug to kind of the shock of it kind of forces him upwards. He like leaps almost like an inch off the table, lands, just narrows his eyes. Doesn't say anything, just narrows his eyes at you. Turn away and, and walk and walk off. I'll um, I'll just start having a look at the arena itself now. Okay, roll me a perception check. Um, what exactly are you trying to look for? No, I'm not looking for anything in particular. I'm just trying to get an idea of, of the surroundings for tonight. I just want uh, If I'm now classed as some sort of manager or coach to him, it'd be nice if I got some information on the arena that he's going to be fighting in. That's fair, that's fair. Yeah, just run me a general perception check then, please. As you're starting to walk around, you feel that bimit, like, still on your shoulder, wrapped around. Like, his tail is wrapped around your actual arm itself, like your um, forcep. And you can feel him just kind of start shrugging himself awake a little bit. The noise in the fighter's guild is waking him up. It's alright, bimit. It's alright. We won't be here near long. He just kind of lets out a little plume of smoke from his nose, from his nostrils. Well, um, is it busy? Is it really busy where I am as well? So, if you're, st- are you still at the betting tables? Or have you walked away from them? I've started walking around behind. I, I presume the betting tables like quite close to the arena. So yeah, the way that it's laid out is when you come into the entrance, there's like this big, like ah. Uh, like arc where basically um, at the very end of it are some gates where people are taking tickets or people would be taking tickets and that leads down into the arena itself the seated area of the arena um, on the on the very far corner so like it's like an arc and then there's two solid walls and given from what you've seen from the outside you would assume that on the other side is an almost identical entrance the betting table is on the left hand, there's two betting tables basically, one on the left hand side pressed against the wall, one on the right hand side pressed against the wall. Murug was on the one on the left hand side. Okay. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say to Bimit, uh, I'm gonna put him down, I'm gonna say, you, you, you go, you go have a look to the right, see what you can see. I'm sure you know what's happening tonight. It just kind of shuffles up, just presses on his little, tiny little paws a little bit. Just like a bit of clacking of his, um, of his claws as he's starting to feel the stone floor. <coughs> Sorry. As he's clacking on the, st- on the uh, stone floor, just looks up. We're seeing that man tonight. 
Yes, we are seeing that man, but I want to have a look. I want to have a look around. Very well. Give me a look. Yeah, you you go have a look. Let's see if we can see what you can see. Uh, I'll meet you at the at the end of the circle. And I'll pick you back up. I'm gonna go to the left side, you take the right. See if you can find see if you can find anything suspicious or anything anything out of the ordinary. And this is where we can I mean, if I wanted to be an absolute arsehole... So Bimit's fine. Bimit, here's your instructions and looks up. Bimit will check. Bimit meets you back here. No, not here. He kind of looks at you, tilting his head slightly quizzical. Bimit, meet me at the betting table. You know, the one with the man that we're seeing today. That little man, yes. Kind of nods. Like, he nods his head and then he kind of like positions himself quite low on the ground. Like, so his belly is like millimeters off and he just kind of scurries out towards the right hand side. Okay, I'm going to take the left flank then. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm around, see, seeing anything out of the ordinary, see if I can find any, okay. any information away. Just anything. Okay, roll me that perception check then, please. It was a seven. Seven? Yeah. Okay, so you can't... There are... In the centre, like, where the entrance itself is and where the gates are, there's not that many people. Like I said, it sounds like there's only an exhibition match on rather than an actual proper fight. But the betting tables themselves on either side seem to be quite busy with people placing bets for this evening's fight. Um, You can see directly behind Murug, on the table is a door. However, that's all you can tell. On the wall itself, there is a door. So behind the betting table, there is a door. On the wall. Yeah, behind the de- betting table, it's like um, about eight or nine feet in width. And there's a door on this wall that leads somewhere. Is there any direct stood guard in there? There isn't, but there's not that much space between the door and Murug. So where the table is, there's only a couple of inches, you would say. Bear with me one second. Okay, so there's a door behind him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to carry on walking around, walking around the arena. Yeah. Scouts uh, and see what I can see. So as you're walking around, are you... So you're currently just a little bit away from the betting table at the moment, on the left-hand side, in this, like, arcway. Um, are you wanting to move back towards the entrance or closer to the board, back towards the betting table? If the betting table is directly in the centre... No, no, the betting table... You've got this arc, so, like, a, that kind of thing. And it, the actual betting table itself is on the end of the arc, not in the centre. Yeah. Um, not back towards the entrance, I don't want to be going the opposite way. I want to be going symmetry to Bimit. I want to be coming around in a circle. It's only a semicircle, that's why it's an arc. So currently, in this semicircle, you are right at the very edge of one side. You're on the left side at the very edge. So essentially, um, if you look at the map, 
Yeah. You are kind of like um, here. If you saw that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not showing on mine, but uh, and Bim is on the other side. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking I wanted to head over here. Over where, sorry? Over there. You see that? Okay. Um. You entered through that side. Sorry. Because oh, you were coming from the ruin. Yeah, then. <laughs> you can't do that without going outside. You would have to exit because there are solid walls in between that side and that side. Can I exit and come through and around into that side? You can, yes. If you exited, you would then have to walk around the outside of the actual arena and then yeah. go in through the southern entrance. Um, quick question. Yeah. Have you picked up Bimit? No, I haven't picked up Bimit, because I'm going to go back in. I said I'll meet him at the betters table. Okay, so yeah, you have left Bimit at the north entrance, or the north side of the arena, and you are now entering into the south side. Yeah. As you open the door, you see again a throng of people, mainly at the betting sides. The actual entrance and the gatekeeping area itself are relatively empty. There's a couple of people by the bar. Unlike in the northern section, there is a bar in the entrance here. So this wall that's in between the southern and northern entrance, mm -hmm. it looks like it gets opened at any point. So can I call it? No, sorry. I'll Let me have a look at the wall itself. Um, see if that, it opens. Is it a, is it a door? Um, yeah, so there is an actual door there. Um, and it looks like the door itself opens, but you're not sure if the door opens directly into the north area or if it opens into a separate area in between the north and south entrance, uh, north and south areas. Try and open it then. There is people at the betting tables themselves, so if you tried to open the door, you'd have to get around them. Is this the same door that's behind the betting table? It is a... So the layout is pretty much the exact same as the northern area, except there's a bar there. And like in the northern area, on the wall behind the betting tables, there is a door. You're not sure if it's the exact same door, as in if you open it, you would go straight into the north area, or if there are just two doors and there's something in between them. Right, okay. Um, I'll try and open it. If, if I'm not allowed to do it, then I'm sure I'll get stopped. Are you just brazenly, like, walking behind this table and trying to open the door? And Morug's on this table still. Morug is in the north area, not the south area. Different betting table. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so who's on this betting table? Can I see if there's another, is there another goblin on this betting table? Or is it...? It's not a goblin. Um, it looks to be a... Um, the, per the, the figure there looks almost like a tiefling, but they have more, much more human type of figures. Okay. I'll walk yeah, over features, to the sorry. I'll walk over to the tiefling and uh, just say, um, am I allowed to go down there? Or is that not for, for us? Are you part of the public or are you uh, one of the fighters or I'm, one of their uh, managers? I'm, yeah, I'm one of the managers for uh, one of the fighters. Mm. Which fighter would that be? That would be Gregor. 
takes a second and just kind of looks looks at you and then looks back down at his betting betting book. Ah, oh, the one from tonight, eh? The one, yes. May I ask what what your business is down there? Uh, I'd just like to take a look at the uh, the closed rooms for because I've spoken to Murug and there's there's possibly some places I can take Gregor tonight after the fight to uh, to get some healing. Uh, I'd just like to get to get an idea of of the guild itself. To be honest, uh, this is this is a big fight. I'm just uh, I'm just doing some security checks. Well, the doors open up into some stairs to lead you down to the locker rooms. Okay. Uh, that's all there is down there. Just locker rooms. There's mainly just the locker rooms. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some rooms with supplies and stuff in for the bar and for condiments and whatnot. Hmm. Okay. No problem. I'm not gonna bother. That's uh, fair. You know, I'm gonna head back out. Head back out the uh, south entrance. Head back to the north. Yeah. Go back to this table and pick the limit. Yeah. So you again, you kind of push through your way. You see that there are still a lot of people at this betting table on the right hand side. You're kind of looking up and around to see where Bimit is, and you kind of like feel a faint screwing up your leg as Bimit just kind of climbs onto your shoulder. Ah, Bimit! I didn't see much. Didn't see much? No. There's a door. There is a door. I saw the door as well. uh, That's okay. No, don't worry, don't worry. Uh, Many people betting. Many people better. Many. Yes, 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 yes. Let's uh let's go get you some food, yes? Should we meet back up with the others? Just kind of nods his head enthusiastically at that. <laughs> okay, I'll um I'm gonna head back to the tavern then. Okay. As this has been happening then, so you you exit the you exit the fighters guild out into the financial district with Bimit on your shoulder who is now kind of like wrapping his claws very excitedly on your shoulder over the prospect of food. As this has been happening, Gregor and Ivok, what have you been up to? Where were you heading? Heading to uh, the commercial district. Yeah, yeah, just looking for food, really. So, you guys, we'll, we'll go slightly back in time then. As you guys leave um, Ragnarok, and you see him start to make his way in towards the Fighters' Guild, you walk around the side of the arena, walk past the bank, and you head down the slightly broken stairs back down into the commercial area. I say, Greg, you know before, when I heard a orc was going to off to reflect, I'd be rather suspicious, but it's starting to come through to me, that orc. I'm starting to feel like he's starting to be a team member, you know? So he's taking his time, very distrusting to us, but... And I kind of just kind of shut off for a minute. Can you what, sorry? I kind of shut off for a minute, like just literally just kind of like just mid-conversation, just, just stay quiet. Oh yeah, so you kind of zone out a little bit, yeah. Either you're watching as Gregor is talking to you and then just suddenly just stops. Are you alright there, Greg? You seem a bit distant. These memories, either. 
Oh, yes. Which is real and which is not. I cannot for the life of me find out why. Well, coming from a monk such as myself, memories aren't really real anyway. They're just lights on a wall, my friend. I should take them seriously and just take both possibilities as experience. Yes. I like that. I like that. That kind of just puts me at ease a bit. I just got right. I just pat him on the back and just said, let's get some food. Yes, indeed. Uh, just to clarify then, what what do you mean anyway, though, that you you don't know, what, like you've got someone else's memories? From what I know, these last month, I would say, I always thought that I was supposed to be, well, a Talos believer. I mean, try and spread the word and try and get people to his uh, cause, but... Now these other memories have started flooding and I I kind of don't know where I am. Mm. Maybe it's just an after effect. I mean, it was a rather potent mushroom that, they, that, that you had there. I mean, it certainly did a number on you. Maybe just give it a couple of days. I'm sure it'll settle. What, what do you mean by mushroom? The mushroom that you had, that you breathed in. You picked up Segwin's Popular and you forgot everything. Don't you remember that? Don't think so. Oh, dear God. Go on, let's go and have a meal. Um, yeah, I'm just going to be like, do just that. A, <laughs> I just follow Ivok. Yeah, so Ivok is... Ivok, you... you... As you're having this conversation, you're a little bit confused as to why Gregor doesn't remember about picking up a mushroom and taking a blasted force to the face. Gregor, you're still just kind of confused in general, but Ivor's words have settled you slightly. You know that there is something wrong with your memories, and you know that you probably need to get to the bottom of this at some point. But for now, you're happy to see them, both of them, both sets of memories of ex as experience. Uh, experiences. Christ, I can't talk about that. Um, you continue heading down into the commercial area itself. So you pass by the first street with some shops on either side. You don't really see anything of much note, to be quite honest. There are some fishmongers, of course. It is a dock. And you can hear them crying out for more business. You just hear, Ten penny a fish! Two silver for a halibut! But unless you want to cook some fish, or unless you want to eat fish raw, this is really of no interest to you. You can continue heading down. You look to the left and you can see the street where the tavern is. And it, if you look straight ahead, you see the end of the street leading back out to the left is the tents with lots of different street vendors. And towards the right and a bit further down is the stairs down to the actual docks themselves. Yeah, can, can I, I go? Sorry, go. I was just going to say this. I just had the tents of uh, caught my curiosity. Uh, can I just have a look down there? Uh, what, like actually walk down there or just look down no, there? No, walk, walk down there. Ivor, are you following him? Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep my nose out for some of the smells good. 
Unfortunately, you don't get advantage on that because you're no longer blind. Oh, I know. It's just so that I might like that's fair. <laughs> I want to eat. <laughs> so, as you guys are walking down the uh, the main street, there are still like physical shops on either side of you. You walk past the entrance down to the steps of the docks, and as you're starting to get closer and closer to the tents, you can hear more of a cacophony, more people shouting over each other. There's a lot of people just kind of in and out of these different tents. Um, as you're walking further and further in, you can both smell like braised meat, essentially, with some spices starting to rise up as well. I Ooh. smell, I smell brunch, my friend. You can't quite, you can't quite tell where the smell's coming from because there are multiple of multiple tents, essentially, with like little flames. Like, in the centre of them, you can see smoke and stuff coming out the side of them. A lot of them seem to be cooking food, and all of this food is kind of... The smell of it is intermingling into one large smell of cooking food. Parker, shall we just go to the first place and decide there, Ivok? Well, yeah. Or follow your nose, or your tongue, whatever you smell with. (laughs) (laughs) What was that, sorry, Gregor? Can I have a good whiff and uh, see what's near me about the food? You take a deep inhale of... You take a deep sniff using your nostrils. Your tongue also flicks out for a second. You're not quite sure why, because you don't... As a dragonborn, you don't have to smell with your tongue. You smell with your nostrils. (laughs) Roll me a... I'm trying to think of what it would be for a smell. I guess it would just be a perception. Roll me a perception. I'm sure if I've done this wrong, someone will tell me eventually that, you know, it's investigation for smelling. Eight. You are overwhelmed by the amount of different smells coming from all directions. It just smells like a... a car going by. (laughs) It just smells like a very nice medley of different foods. It all smells good to me, Ivok. Sounds good enough for me. Let's do... Let's go with the first one. Yeah. You can both feel like you're both starting to salivate a little bit. Yeah, I'll just go to the first vendor with sizzling cooked meat. So, you, you guys walk a little way in until you find the first actual like food vendor. And they're positioned just behind the fountain. The fountain itself is splaying up water and it's just kind of like arcing out from what appears to be a trout of some kind. The water's just spouting out of its mouth, raising up into an arc and then falling down, creating a gentle mist in the actual fountain itself. Mm. Just behind it, you can see like a waft of smoke just kind of emanating out of a tent. As you smell, it smells very spiced in there, kind of like um, coriander seeds and cumin, as well as some kind of Spicy spices, I guess, emanating uh, out of it. As you approach, you can see like a slab of. As you approach, you see like a slab of meat just kind of like rotating around on a spit, just kind of like being cooked by the flames underneath. Yes, I say that again. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> what do you say? Do you fancy something spicy? I look. Oh, I love my spice. Anything with spice. 
All right, yeah, we, uh, we, I walk straight up to the vendor. Just, uh, how much for a slab of that? Ah, slab, you say? You say as this tabaxi kind of turns around. It's kind of like, uh, it's got black coloration mainly, but it's kind of like got like a large white burst of fur essentially across his eyes. It kind of bursts out and then reaches down underneath his mouth. Oh. Uh, slab, you say? Yes. Well, a slab itself, I don't normally sell the slabs, you see. They sell slices with potatoes and vegetables. Well, what's your best offer? Well, for the entire slab, it's the finest appeal from Beggar's Hollow. I would say 30 gold for the entire slab itself. Or if you just want a meal deal, which is a couple of strips of this spiced and prepared for you with vegetables and potatoes roasted in bison lard. It would be five gold. I just start slavering and just hand in the five gold. I'll do the same as all my friends. So you, you, you both hand in like just five gold pieces. He kind of looks at them both in his hand, just this big feline smile like appears on his face. You can see his whiskers twitching slightly. Two little fangs popping out of his mouth. Just puts them in like a little carry bag. And you can hear him like kind of humming to himself as he gets this really large knife out and just kind of slices down this giant rotating meat. It was five gold, yes. You see as he slices down the entire length, it actually just kind of curls in on itself as he's doing so. It does three different slices, and each of them turn into ribbons, essentially. He puts them to the side and gets like this small, papery kind of... Um, it's not quite a plate, it's got sides raising from the sides of it, so almost like a paper bowl. He puts a bunch of vegetables on the bottom of it, you can see that there is just like the usual type of stuff, so carrots, broccoli, a little bit of cabbage. They all look like, they all have a brown tinge to them, like they've been roasted and they've had some kind of, some kind of seasoning put on them. He reaches in and just picks out a dollop of potatoes that look like they've been roasted to perfection, just dumps them on, creating a bit of a mound. And then on top, he just kind of puts the um, free ribbony strips of meat to be a meat on it for you. Much obliged. I literally two hands and <clears throat> big chunk out of everything. He watches as you uh, just kind of like devour into this like meal deal essentially. Ah, it's good, is it not? Is it? <laughs> Overall, you would say it is a very nice meal. It has all been, as he said, seasoned to perfection. The vegetables have been roasted perfectly, uh, grilled perfectly, sorry. The roast potatoes, as you bite into them, they are nice and fluffy on the inside. The meat itself, the meat itself is fantastic, like cooked within an inch of its life, but just the right point. However, if you start swallowing the meat, you feel your tongue burns slightly as the spices catch up to you. It's not enough to cause you. It's not enough. It's not enough to cause you discomfort, but it's enough for your tongue to feel very hot. 
That's good spice. Good spice. Uh, just, uh, this is grand. This is grand, this, Greg. I just flick him a gold coin. He's like, much obliged. He just kind of catches it. Ah, thank you very much, friend, for that. He just kind of reaches up with the knife again and just slices down quickly and just literally hands you a ribbon of this to be me. I just grab it and you got... Just, just in one bite. Yeah, one bite. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, Greg, I just want to check then, because I don't want to dwell on such a problem, but do you not remember us telling you about the mushrooms that you'd had then? Um, not to my recall. Uh, can, I, can I roll to see if I remember? <laughs> roll me a history. Roll me a con check, actually, because this isn't just a straight-up history check anymore. This is... this is different. It's 16. As you're trying to think for a second, the tabaxi, like, star vendor, kind of leans forward. Gentlemen, please. If you have no more business, could you locate yourself closer to the fountain? I have customers awaiting. Oh, how rude. I do apologize. <laughs> As you kind of walk away and close to the fountain, the fountain spray hits you a little bit, Craig. Like, just a cool spray in your face. And although it doesn't fully remind you of anything, it's almost like you have a recollection of a recollection of being hit in the face by something and not knowing what had happened afterwards. Kind of just... As this thing hits me, I kind of just, like, jolt back a bit. It's like... That felt familiar. That felt familiar. It's a familiar feeling, yes. Was this was this some sort of spores from the mushroom? Either. Well, it's not so. I I accept the fact you might not remember the events, but do you remember me telling you? Sorry, can you can you clarify that a little bit, Ivor? When you said telling it, um... well, he asked me about it like the day before and I explained that you know he had a mushroom and that he lost his memory and uh yeah Gregor you remember Ivan telling you about the mushroom incident itself you don't fully remember the mushroom incident but you have a like I say you have a sense of familiarity about spray hitting you in the face okay yes it's all coming back to me that was that was early this morning wasn't it that you mentioned that I yeah. Had a time, didn't I? yeah, some point previous. I just want to check that you're okay to form memories from this point, because you understand it could be an issue if we're in a situation and you forget everything again. I just need to know that you've got some stability there in present moment. I believe so, from what I've gathered. Unless this is all not real, and then I'm barking mad. Oh, don't go down that rabbit hole, my friend. This is real. This is real. Yes, I, I think I'm all right, Ivok, and I, I thank you for asking. But I'm just, like I say, I'm just a bit confused with some of these memories. But I'm going to take it to your word, take everything as an experience, and just go on with it, and just make my own my own life. Yes, indeed. I just need to know that just, you know, you're going to be effective from here on. But... If you have any issues, by all means ask. But I would, I would just wait 
I mean, these things can take time, can't they? I mean, it was a rather heavy hit that you had there. From what from what I remember, I have two memories clashing with me. I mean, that last night was a headache. I gotta say, I gotta say. But if I've got you there, I look. I think I think I'm gonna be all right. Thank you, thank you. Okay. All right, let's get move. Let's get moving. I'm gonna just have a look in in some of the vendors again, see if they sell any trinkets or anything like that. See, so you guys are now making your way westward, so like further into the area with all of the tents and whatnot. Um, if you continued through, it's like getting much more dense now. Tents are almost on top of each other at this point. And yeah, you can hear, you can just hear the general hubbub and everything. You can hear people just shouting, trying to sell their wares in the distance. You can just hear like a necklace for two silver, sword for five gold, a bottle that does anything you desire, tweezers that will bottle a ship. It's here, more and more people shouting over us. They're trying to get anyone's custom. Is that an auction? not an auction as such, Ivok. It is more just people shouting over each other. Oh. I'm just going to just have a look round, you know, just look at their wares and, um, so, yeah, just, just having a just a nosy, really. Um, as you, as you look, um, as you look around these stalls and everything, you see one, one particular stall that stands out to you a little bit. As you're looking, you see yet another tabaxi and a, a kind of like crudely scrolled sign. Say that again, sorry? Not full of mushrooms, is it? It's not full of mushrooms, but on the hand scrolled sign, it says Lincea's Shop of Holding. Say that again. On the hand scrolled sign itself, like this wooden sign with like etching into it, it says Lincea's Shop of Holding. Okay, yeah, I can do. I'll have a look. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check this out, um, Ivok. See if there's anything good. Okay. I'll follow him. So as you approach, you can see that there is a tabaxi just kind of like sat cross-legged just behind this sign on like a carpet, and you can't actually see any of his wares. But in front of him, he has a bag of holding. Oh, we met this guy before gonna say that i was like is he familiar the guy kind of the the tabaxi looks up at you and sees you both and you can see he does look a bit familiar you remember that you have met a tabaxi that like this like this one has the coloring and markings of a leopard he's he's still even though he's sat you can still see that he's small you can see his little green slitted eyes and although he looks a bit worse for wear than he did last time he's still wearing like a tunic that is a bit torn and everything now, and he kind of like has a, a sand break, a sand protector wrapped around his neck. They have definitely seen better days, but yeah, you feel like you have seen him somewhere. I just need, I just like literally get onto, um, just crouch down and I go, have we met before? Just takes a second. <sighs> My friends, we meet once more. Ah, oh, yes, my favourite trader. How have you been? Uh, my monk friend. I have been. 
He just kind of he just laughs and stares off into the distance slightly. There's a lot of that going on nowadays. Are you all right there? I well, you saw what happened in Velden, did you not? Who was that? Who was that? Ah, yes, yes. How did well, Lince Lincia escaped using Lincia's pack of holding. Ghouls do not care for backs. And once everything had disappeared, once the ghouls had been defeated, Lincia emerged victorious and surviving. Well done, well done. You know Lincia fancy. However, Lincia came to realize very quickly that although Velden would be rebuilt one day, Velden is ruins at the moment, or at least the market of rest is ruined. So Lincia decided to travel. And you ended up here. Lincia ended up here, yes. <laughs> How's business? Amongst these. Well, he, as you said, how's business are going? He's continuing on. It's like uh, he ends up here, and then it's kind of. Lincia ends up here in the. whatever market this is, with these amateurs! Uh, so I'm guessing business is not going too well then. Business is not going too well, no. No, well, these amateurs shout for everyone, and Lindsay was drowned out by their ineptitude. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Maybe we can help you out. What can you offer us? Well, unfortunately, since Felden fell, Lindsay has lost a lot of his stock. But, and Lindsay, he just kind of looks a bit sad. His whiskers drop down a little bit. Lincia also lost his sheet that told him exactly what was in his bag and the locations of them in the bag. However, Lincia can give you a potluck of items. Five to five to ten gold nets you a random item from Lincia's bag of holding. Five to ten gold? Yes. If you do ten gold, you get three items. Normally, item is five. Normally, I would be very suspicious of such a deal, but you cut me such a fine deal last time. I'll be happy to do that. I believe you gave me some gems and emeralds and whatnot, did you not? Yes, and you proved you are a high moral fiber. Indeed, indeed. Very well. Would you like one go, one item or three? Oh, two, three. Very well, very well. You just kind of, he kind of like opens the bag up, but before you reach in, he just kind of like holds his like paw out, waiting for five gold, uh, waiting for ten gold, sorry. There we go. You just kind of drop the five gold, uh, the ten gold in, sorry. You reach your hand into the bag, and you pull out, you pull out, a a rock. The first item is just a rock. <laughs> One rock. <laughs> it is an ordinary looking rock. <laughs> That's the most yeah. expensive. And it makes you go blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> it's just an ordinary looking stone rock. There doesn't appear to be anything special about this ordinary stone rock. Rock. Oh. Meet the most expensive rock I've ever seen. <laughs> you pull in again? Yeah. 
and you pull out... You're not sure what the material is, but you pull out what looks like a duck. Like a really small yellow duck. What, not a living duck, then? It's not okay. a living duck, it's like a little model. The The actual material itself is soft and a bit squishy, but also at the same time, solid. <laughs> you have an ordinary-looking rubber ducky. What happens if I squeeze it? Does it do anything? You squeeze it, and you just kind of hear like a... As it, like, squeaks. Nothing happens for a second. But then you kind of just hear... It's like a swarm of, even though it was a duck that you squeezed, a swarm of geese just like surround you. Ooh, that could they be. just handy. kind of like, I was going to say they don't do anything. They just like surround you, just like because they're hissing at you slightly. Cool. <laughs> maybe, or maybe that was just. A fluke. <laughs> I'll try it again later. You reach in a final time and you pull out a large well, I say large, it's about the size of your hand. A large on a golden <coughs> key. It has markings on it in a language that you do not understand. So write that down as a large on a golden key. Okay. Uh, with markings I don't understand. Yes. Tell me, my friend, do you, do you know what this is? Or can you read these markings? Lincea, unfortunately, does not. This is why they're in my... My grab bag. Their items Lindsay has procured over his time. But Lindsay does not know what they do. They could be interesting, they could be good, or they could just be nothing. Hence why they are only ten gold for free. Oh no, yes, I, I can't, I'm not going to grumble over the results. I, I was perfectly aware of the gamble. It just kind of smiles again. I'm just saying, ah, why not? Give him ten gold. Okay, so you hand him ten gold and he kind of like just, um, he smiles again at you and opens the bag. So, Gregor, you've paid your gold, you put your hand in, grasp around a little bit. You feel something, and you you feel a very small item. You pull it out. I have tweezers. Ah, very good. I understand what they are. Lindsay says as you kind of look at them. What are they? They're for metal. They're for model ships. <laughs> Put them in a bottle, and that's all good. Uh, all right, next tip. So yeah, you you have a you have a ship you have ship bottling tweezers. You put that into your inventory. Uh, sorry, come again. You put ships in a bottle, <laughs> like full ships. 
Lincea does not know if it is full ships or small ships. Lincea has only seen others use these to place little ships in little bottles. They then stare at these bottles and just look at them. Tweezers. Tweezers, <laughs> yes. Tweezers. They are rock. But beats my rock, my friend. <laughs> you, you reach him again, and you pull out a, you pull out a little glass bottle, and it's got clear liquid in it. Ah, something to put your ship in. It's actually full of this clear liquid, but you you're not able to tell what the clear liquid is. I ask what this is. Lindsay kind of like holds out his hand for the bottle. I just pop it straight. Just kind of like pulls out the cork and just like a as the cork comes out, just raises it to his nostrils. Ah uh, yes. This is a potion of hydration. If you drink it, it will remove thirst. <laughs> so it's water. <laughs> It is a potion of hydration. <laughs> yes, I've started to see why the competition is so fierce. <laughs> he just kind of looks at you. How dare you insult Lindsay like this? Lindsay gave you very nice, pretty items, a rock, and other things, a rubber ducky. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I do apologize. <laughs> do you not like your geese? My geese? He says, as one of the geese surrounds you, just like, ah! <laughs> I'll look up at the geese and go, yes, it'd be better in my pocket, but... <laughs> right. Next one. You reach in, and you find... You, you reach in again, kind of by like just reaching around, and you grab... You take a second, and something kind of goes into your hands, and then falls back out, and then you grab it again and you pull out like a giant amount of rope. Like just tons of rope. It doesn't look like it's much at first, but you're keeping on pulling it and pulling it and pulling it. And eventually it comes out. And as it comes out, it kind of snags on something in the bag and cuts off. But then as it tumbles out onto the floor in front of you, it kind of regrows itself again. But as you're looking, you can see that this rope is just tangled everywhere. What is this? Lindsay would guess that it is a rope. Tangled rope, but rope nonetheless. I just look blankly at him to that. While he's blankly looking, can I cut it with my axe? <laughs> Yeah, so you cut it with your axe, like it goes through a piece of cake, and then it grows back. But as it grows back, it's still tangled, like it's knotted into each other. That's going to be mightily handy, that I think, Greg, if you can uh, untangle it. <laughs> a ceiling seer provides only the finest of items infinite rope. Uh, Can I inspect my rock? Is it like the best rock I've seen? <laughs> One second, sir. 
Gregor, you now have something called the Infinity Knot in your inventory. It is a rope of infinite length. However, it is hopelessly tangled. Oh, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> um... You also have a potion of hydration and a set of um, boat bottle tweezers. Boat bottling tweezers. Right, Ivic, what was you saying? Right. I just say something in passing. It's, uh... <laughs> so Lindsay kind of looks at you both as you're kind of like just studying this this rock and um, remind me what else did you pull from that? You pulled out a rock, a, a rubber duck, and um, an ornate golden key with markings. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So you. Sorry, so yeah, you have an ordinary looking rock, a rubber ducky of goose, and an ornate gold key. Um, just do me a favour and put a star next to each of those though, please, so that I can, because uh, obviously there may or may not be something about these items, but with you being in the middle of a city that has magic nullification, obviously you can't know what it is yet. And Gregor, you have uh, ship bottling tweezers, or bottling ship tweezers, a potion of hydration, and the infinity knot. So again, if you just put quick little stars next to them, and if if there are any effects to these, then they will become apparent if you use them outside of the city, but obviously I can't tell you at the moment. Lindsay kind of looks at you both as, yeah, either you're looking at this rock and this this random key as these geese are just honking at you. And Gregor, you've got like this portion of clear liquid and this this giant amount of rope just tangled all over you. And this like these tweezers just tucked into your side pocket. Lindsay delivers items, does he not? The finest of items. Tell your family, tell your friends. Lindsay's shop of holding. I just look at Miguel. I will. But I've got some items that you might be interested in as well. If you it's want kind to. Of, he raises an eyebrow. Oh, Lindsay is always interested in goods. Pull out a magnifying glass and just show it to him. How much would you offer for this? Out of interest as DM, is it just an ordinary magnifying glass? Yeah, there's no, there's no description, but you did tell me it's like where the hundred gold. That sounds very sus. Um, are you just trying to sell it as a magnifying glass to him, or are you trying to upsell it essentially? And that's it, magnifying glass. <laughs> okay. So as you 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 hand him this magnifying glass, and he looks at it. He sees that it is kind of like a brushed silver type of metal and there's, you know, like very clear lenses to it. Yes, yes, I see. This is... As he holds it up towards the sun, the sun's lenses kind of magnify and below him you can see like the ground set on fire slightly. This is a lens of fire. 
Lindsay will give you Lindsay will give you 86 gold for this lens of fire. Do an insight if I get that. Yeah, roll 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 insight, go for it. Eight. So, you're not actually sure if this magnifying glass does have powers or not that Lindsay can see that you can't, or if he's just holding a magnifying glass up to the sun and accidentally causing fires. But you think, you think 86 gold for a small magnifying glass that you found You've had worse offers for worse take things. It. Say that again, sorry, you cut out slightly. I'll take it. He just kind of grins again. Ah, very good, very good. Lindsay has lens of fire. Just kind of doesn't even care for it. Just kind of like lobs it into the bag of holding. You can hear like a smashing sound inside the bag. That just gives you um, 86 pieces of gold. Thank you very much. And well, got a couple of more things if you're interested. Lindsay has the funds for a few more items. Not many more, though, you see. Lindsay lost a lot of his stock and wealth on the desolation of the Market of Crust. There's a couple of things I want to show you as well. Very well, very well. Kind of like looks across to Ivor. And how about you, my friend? Do you have any other items for Lincia? Like last time? Oh, uh, nothing I could really part with, I'm afraid. A shame, a shame to be sure. But Lincia will look at the Dragon Bond items for him. Pull, I get a shield off from my back and, um,. I think all I've got is is just at one AC on it. Okay. So is it just basically an ordinary shield that gives you plus one to your AC? How are you selling this to him? Are you just literally giving him a shield? Pretty much. See what he offers. What would you offer for that? Just kind of looks at the shield. You can see that it is made out of wood and hide. There's a bit of metal inlay on it. Kind of picks it up and looks around. Turns it around, sees the strap. Kind of, you see his face kind of veer back slightly. This shield has seen better days. Lindsay will give you fifty gold, uh, fifty silver. Sorry. No, I'm taking your first one. Fifty gold. Fifty silver. Give him a little snap. I got. That's fair. Very well. Would you like it in silver or gold? Gold would be five. Silver would be fifty. More silver makes you more attractive to the opposite sex. No, makes you seem like you have more. Jingle, jingle. He says as he kind of like just. (laughs) You say well, sorry. Yeah, just looking at fifty silver. Ah, very well. He just kind of this this bad that he was jiggling just chucks it at you. <laughs> jiggle, jiggle. Um, and I'll just uh, get these uh, brown, uh, dark brown leather boots out and let him have a look at these. 
What do you think of these? Are they just... Are they anything special? He looks at them and... He's trying to bluff you, but you can see he has no clue that, you know, like, whether or not these would be worth anything or not, if they've got any properties to them. These are normal leather boots, are they not? Look it. Five silver. Can I do an insight again? (laughs) Yeah, feel free to roll an insight. Eleven. He genuinely thinks that these are just normal boots. Like he's he's seen boots go for like ten, fifteen silver before. He wants to buy it a little bit lower than he'd sell it so he'd make a bit of a profit. How much how much was it again? Five silver. Lindsay must make some kind of markup, you see, or else why would Lindsay buy? Six six silver. Five silver and a free item from Lindsay's bag of holding. Deal. So you give him these, and you give him five more. Um, you give him five more um, silver, and you reach in. You kind of like grab around a little bit more. You pull out. A small little ring. It's a gold <coughs> ring. Ah, yes, you've pulled out a ring. Very good. Lindsay gives you a bargain, yes. Do you know what it does, or is it just a gold ring? Kind of like holds his hand out for you to drop the ring in. Drop it onto, drop it onto his hand. Picks it up and just eyes it very closely. Looks at some like little markings that you couldn't make out before, and drops it back into your hand. Lindsay believes this is an invisibility ring. <laughs> Ooh! Thank you very much. Right. As he gets that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the javelin from my bag. <laughs> from my bag, I'll be like, fancy swapping this for a lucky dip. <laughs> Before you do that, Gregor, do you put it on or anything? Or do you just, like, put it into your satchel? Put it on, just see what, see what happens. Nothing happens. Because <laughs> you're in the middle of a city with no magic. Just put it on. And I kind of just turn to Ivok and then slap him on the back of his head. <laughs> Ivok, Gregor slaps you on the back of your head and you, you know it's him immediately. <laughs> As you're like trying to pull this javelin out, you just hit in the back of the head. Ow! What was that for? You can see me! Yes! You just slapped me in the back of the head. Just look at the ring and it's like. Faulty. <laughs> Lindsay, I must remind you, you are in Salt Harbor with a new man crystal. No magic happens in this city. My jaw, my jaw just drops. I just go, ah. I just said to Ivan, sorry. Remember where you are, Dragonborn. Yeah. All right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And um, sorry, Ivan, you said that you were grabbing a javelin out off your back at this point. Yeah, and I'm offering. I'm like, 
Fancy swapping this for you to have a chance in that bag of holding of yours? So yeah, he kind of looks at the javelin as he, if you hand it to him, he, his paws just kind of take it, he grabs it and looks it up and down. Ah, fine javelin. What would you desire for it? Just uh, another chance in that bag of yours. Kind of holds it and just stabs it into the ground and just kind of twists his whiskers a little bit. You do not require any coin for this. No. Two items. Two? That's very generous. Lindsay is very generous. Yes, indeed. That's why I will trade with you. I think you have some loyal customers with me. Yes. You are a loyal customer to Lindsay. And Lindsay is a loyal seller to you. You kind of reach in. You grab around a little bit. And you pull out a collar. You don't know if it is a human collar or another animal collar or something like that, but it's a collar. Looks quite nice. How big? It would fit your own neck, but it would also fit like a... It'd fit a dog's neck as well. You can see that it can be adjustable anywhere from potentially a um, a small dog to potentially a large dragon there's a lot of there's a lot of like different pulls in it essentially for different settings fantastic hmm, and then i really think could be useful there and then finally you grab in once more you search around a little bit more and as you it's almost like items are trying to move away from you as you're doing this. And as you reach in, you slowly start to grab something. And you pull out... You pull out a small wand. Small wand. The wand what? is made out of wood. And uh, of ash wood, so it's kind of like a light woody colour. And on it, it looks like there are animals carved into it. Oh, this looks fascinating. Any idea? I ask um, him. He just kind of looks at it for a second, just like studies it very carefully. Lindsay, I believe this is a one of lesser summon. It will allow you to summon, and blah, blah, it will allow you to summon spiritual forms of animals that are native to the region. That, but only small ones. That was a good swap. Uh... So yeah, you have a wand of lesser summon, and can you just read back what I got you to pull out for the first one? Sorry, so I can tell you what to write it down as. Oh, a collar big enough to even fit a human up to maybe a dragon. So put red adjustable leather collar with a star next to it, please. Because, yeah, unfortunately, that is another one that I can't tell you about until you're in a magical area, if it has any effects. For all you know, it's just a normal collar. 
yep. it's going to be great if you finally get out of uh, Salt Harbor and expect it to be amazing. I'm just like I said, it's a collar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's probably very my deal with merchants. <laughs> As you're saying this, Rag, you have you've you've made your way out of the um, arena, and it took you a little while. You've been in the commercial area a little while. Uh, during this time, you've managed to grab yourself just a, a quick snack for you and Bimit. Uh, you got Bimit a very large flank of steak for all of his health, and you managed to get yourself a couple of a uh, couple of tankards of mead along with your meal. Okay. You've you've wandered back through the tents, and you find Ivok and Gregor talking to a tabaxi that is sat behind a bag. Seeing these two, I've just sort of had a bit of a thought. Uh, I'm going to say to Bimit, did you did you get a scent of that little goblin we saw back in the back in the guild? The one we're seeing tonight. Yes. Bimit recognizes his scent. You you do recognize his scent. Well, Bimit. Not recognizing that smells before, but Bimit would smell again. Essentially, he's saying if he smelt, he's he's not smelt it before this incident. But if you were to tell him to find that particular scent, he'd be able to. He thinks. I'm wondering, perhaps Bimit, you could do me a favor. Favor for steak. Over two steaks. Mm, two steaks. He just kind of shuffles his tail really excitedly. His like bottom half is wiggling, very excited over the prospect of two steaks. Two steaks and rags take care. Of, rag takes care of you for, for a very long time. Bimit agrees to terms. Doesn't even ask what the terms are. Just Bimit agrees. I would like you to find scent of this goblin of uh, possibly maybe the. The place of where he, where he lives or sleeps, at least anywhere else other than the Fighters' Guild, I'd like you to go off and find it. He kind of nods at you, and then just looks up, looks up with like very large eyes. You can tell he's trying to, like, kind of emotionally manipulate you. When Bimit gets steaks, no Bimit. Bimit gets steaks mm. out there. Kind of lowers his head, very sad. You see like a plume of smoke, not even rise, just kind of fall directly down from his nostrils. You know Rag's just giving you some food. Bimit needs to do work first. <clears throat> very well. Bimit goes find the little goblin. Find wherever his scent is. I would like you to find where he lives. But make sure you're back before the fight tonight at nine o'clock. Where we see him tonight. Where we see him? Tonight. I would like you to meet me at outside the Fighters Guild at 8.45 tonight. Kind of nods his head and then you just see him scarper off. Like just belly to the floor, scarper off in between other people. Okay. Um, Right. Okay. Uh, I can. I've got. I've got Gregor in sight. 
Yes, they are. They're stood with your, their backs to you. And they are uh, currently talking to a tabaxi. You I'm see kind turn, of... Yeah, I'm going to turn away. I'm not going to I'm not going to go to them yet. I'm going to turn away. Um, yeah. I'm going to head so, for the tavern. You're going to head where, sorry? I'm going to head for the tavern. Yeah, so as Ivor kind of like grabs his javelin from his back and pulls it out and looks like he's starting to present it to this tabaxi, you just kind of turn on your heels and walk back to the tavern. Yeah, um, are you going in the tavern itself, or are you just going that area? I'm heading that direction for now. Um, basically, I'm just trying to think of a reason why I don't have Bimit with me. So You're just wandering around the area, just thinking of what you're going to tell Ivik and Gregor as you're... You're not actually approaching the tavern itself, but you're in the general vicinity. You see yeah. Chroma outside, just kind of like beating down some mats. Bimit, Bimit is, um, what was he in the shape of? A, a, a Spaniel? He's not actually in the shape of a Spaniel, so he doesn't look like a Spaniel. He's the size of a Spaniel. He's in the form of a Fey Dragon. So he looks like Bimit would at full size, just much smaller. Fuck it then. Fuck it. I'm going to turn back and head towards Ivor and Gregor. Yep, so you see you see Crumley just hitting this mat, and you can, you're almost in earshot of him. You can just hear a fucking drunk throwing up on my mark. And you think that is probably not a good idea to approach Crum at this time. So you turn and you go back to Ivor and Gregor. Yeah, I'm heading. So yeah, at this point in time, Ivor, as you approach them both again, Ivor has just pulled out another item from his bag. Here from the Tabax's bag. Come on here then. All right. Gregor, yeah, I got to. Bumped into an old friend. Yeah? You recognize him? <laughs> Bag of holding guy. <laughs> uh, big orc guy. <laughs> let's, have a, let's have a dip, shall we? Five gold for one item, ten gold for three. I'll give you two gold for one item, thank you very much. No, five gold. Deal. <laughs> you had, kind of... had him on the ropes there, Rag. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of nods, holds his hand out, waiting for five gold. Just kind of like starts twiddling his paws. Yeah. Just slams the five gold into his hand. One item. Opens the bag. You reach in. And I've lost my dice. You reach in and... You're reaching around a little bit. You pull out a hat. It's an innocuous looking hat. It's, an, it's a normal looking hat. Uh, what, is, what is this? Lindsay, I believe it is a hat. A hat of... A hat of wearing. You wear the hat, you see. Like, you know, to keep the weather off you. Like this? You put the hat on, and yet yeah, it's kind of like a... 
I'm going to say this wrong because it's going to be the wrong type of hat that I'm saying to what you're currently wearing. A fedora? Fedora is correct. You put the hat on and it's like a fedora. It looks exactly like a fedora. You don't feel any different, but yeah, you've got a fedora on at the moment. And what am I supposed to do with this? Lindsay believes that people wear the hats. For some sort of statement? He kind of shrugs. Lincea does not know. You and I, Tabaxis and Orcs, do not subscribe to the normal commoners, the humans' way of dressing. They wear hats as a symbol of status and to attract a mate. Well, thank you very much. Lindsay thanks you for your custom. Um, Sorry, just to, point, just to point out, in your inventory, you have an ordinary-looking fedora. Fedora. Uh, fedora hat. Yeah, make sure to put a hat at the end. Is it a hat of disguise by any sort? Unfortunately, I cannot tell you anything because you are currently in Salt Harbour, which negates all magic. Ivor! 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 Yes! What have you got there? Charm? Charm? And what do you mean, what have I got? <laughs> Ugh, useless. Gregor, what did you get? What, from the back? Yes. Well, I got this very nice ring. What does it do? Well, he's told me it's a ring of invincib invisibility, although it doesn't work. Especially here. So the fight is soon tonight. Uh, maybe we should start prepping. Good point. I'm still trying to sell all my wares. Yes, let's make sure Gregor is up to scratch. And with that, I'm going to slap him, try to slap him on the back of his head. <laughs> you know what? Just roll me a straight up dex, I guess, for that. Uh, dex, sorry, Ivok. Yeah, I've got my 14, but I'm just waiting for my modifier, which is on one yeah. of these. Screens. I swapped all my screens around, so... I mean, to be fair, I understand that struggle. Uh, oh, plus four. So, four, 18. 18. So, yeah, as you say this, and you try to slap Greg around the back of the head, you just kind of, like, connect with a just steady dunk into the back of his, like, scaly head. Greg, your head just kind of, like, lurches forward. I just scratch the back of my head and just look at him. Yes, maybe we need to work on those reflexes of yours for tonight. Oh, snap. Right. At, at this point, it is late afternoon. I would say about four, half past four-ish. Five-ish hours? Should we get you prepped? Let's get prepped. 
Let's go to um. Let's go to the tavern. Get yourself in your room and. Yeah, mindset. Yeah. You need to win this tonight. There's. The, the, it's not an option. You understand? Nothing. Do you understand, Gregor? <laughs> Do you understand? As as Rag is just kind of like leaning in closer and closer to you, Gregor, as he's saying this, you can see there is just utter seriousness behind his eyes. You will do more than your best. You will succeed. Why have you bet more money That's on me? Bad. Irrelevant. You just right. need to, you. You need to win. Oh. It's a matter it. of pride, and you should understand. I'll do my best. Your you, your mindset has changed since the other night. Well, what else can I do? Well, you was you was all confident in winning, and I now you, and now you've you've deflated to I'll do my best. I'll try and win, but he's a big orc. Don't make me step in again. What is that a threat? Well, it's reality. All right, fair enough. I just then just walk off. You guys start to after this you guys start to make your way to the um, tavern once more you see uh, Rag um, Crumb has now gone inside again it is empty outside and you make your way into the actual tavern itself you guys have now on the outskirt on the outsides of the painful squid and you are about to enter in okay then Greg so tonight, unarmored combat, no spells. How are you feeling? Pretty confident, I would think. I've grown since last time I saw him, supposedly. You've grown, but mentally, physically as well. I've leveled up. <laughs> leveled up in in what? I ask. Hit points. I, I don't really know what that is, to be honest. I think those mushrooms are still playing with him a little bit. That's fine. Right, yeah, yeah. Ivor can rag you. are just kind of looking at Gregor like he's a madman at this point. Well, shall we have a spa? Do you want to? Do we have any swords? We all have swords. Don't, don't use swords. Fist to fist. Lizard to man, or orc. Are you guys outside the tavern? Are you in the tavern at this point? That's a good idea. Why? <laughs> he needs strength for tonight. Right, he can rest what, he up. Can take damage from us. Yeah, he can, he's got time for. Now, oh, I, I see your point. <laughs> No, no, no ale, Gregor. No ale. Just water. water. All that potion of hydration you achieved, you managed to. It'll do, it'll do. So you guys enter the tavern. Like I say, it's about five o'clock at this point in time. There is only about 
It's about four hours until the fight itself begins. But uh, Rag, as his manager, you, you believe that Gregor should probably turn up a little bit early so that you can prepare him and everything like that. So yeah. you would say about three hours, maybe. Yes, uh, Gregor, it appears that you, you have needed a manager for tonight. Uh, All right. The, the, little, the little goblin and the other... The other betting guy also uh, thinks that I am now your manager. It's okay. As long as I get my phone. Right, of course you'll get. It's it's no different. It's just every fighter needs a manager, and I've just said I'll take on the That's the role just to, just to uh, just to, just to keep fine. them sweet. That's fine. Yeah, don't worry. Right, I just go into my. I'll just go into my room, and I'm just gonna wait for three hours, like just prepping myself. Prep yeah. Like, like punching the wall a bit. Get you punch the wall and you kind of like you feel your knuckle pop slightly because you punched a wall. You don't take any damage, but it doesn't help you at all. Ow. Uh, I sorry, can't. What was that, Gregor? Sorry. I click it back into place. Just pop straight back in. You as good as new, but. You know, it's not exactly instilling with you with confidence if you can't punch a wall successfully. Yeah, I'll just I'll just sit there in silence in my shame. <laughs> um, Ivok and Rag, with Gregor upstairs, you were kind of like just in the bar area itself. Just you're looking around. Crumb is sorting stuff out in the back. There are one or two people in the actual having itself, but it is very quiet in there at the moment. Yeah, so what do you think, Rag? Um, do, you seem, do you think he appears confident to you? He seems a little bit he was, passive. Yeah, he was a lot more confident last night. Uh, maybe just give him a bit of a pep talk, you know, being his manager and all before he goes in. Get him revved up. Yeah, I, I have been trying. I'll, I'll give it another shot. He, was, uh, he seemed a little bit distant just earlier than at the market. If anyone can get anyone revved up for a fight, Rag, it's you. I'll do my best. Um, let, let's. He has the potential to to do this. He can do this. He must do this. Um, but yes, I will. I will inspire him. Why do you say must? Because I've got some money on it. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. And this Gregor. Why why else would I would we want anyone else to win? He must he must do this for not only pride for for the team, but it's it's I'll say it's Gregor. He lost the last time. I think he needs to do this for himself. Indeed. Yes, you're right. That's the spirit. We shall go into this tonight. We'll get him revved up. Yeah. And he's got to win, yes. Agreed. And with him saying that, I'm going to grab a an empty table inside the tavern, drag it over yeah. to the side, um, set it up with a chair, um, head over to, to Crumb if he's behind the bar and ask him for some... No, in fact, I don't need it. I've got my own parchment. Yeah, that's fair. You you kind of sit down on this chair in, in front of this table and just pull out a parchment. 
Yeah, parchment and a quill. Um, and I'm going to set it up as a betting table. Okay. You kind of got you. You've got this parchment laid out in front of you with a quill and an ink pot. You just kind of sat there, just waiting for people. I'm not sat there waiting for people. There's nobody in yet. I'm just. I've just set okay, up. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. You've got it all set up then. All set up. Yeah. Um. Uh. And I'll say to Ivic, do you want to wear? Uh, do you want to grab a drink? Something to eat. Yes. What's What's with the parchment? Uh, just, just a little bit of a, a bet for, for tonight. See if there's any of the, the, the patrons in here that want to uh, want to have a go that's not going to come to the fight. You're starting your own betting ring, are you? Well, I, I, may, I may say I've got a little bit of a twiddly thumb for it. Don't be stepping on anybody's toes, right? Remember that I'm going to be responsible if we get in any trouble. I believe what I'm doing is perfectly moral, is it not? Maybe it's encroaching on other people's business? Crumb. Crumb? Did you say that? As you say this, Crum kind of just kind of walks out from the back. You know, like he's got a lot of stock in his hand, like a couple of shanks of lamb and what looks to be a couple of bottles of ale. Who are you, Rag? What do you want? I have a over here says I'll be stepping on people's toes if I uh, if I set up a little little betting table for tonight before the fight. What do you think about that? I mean, I'm fairly sure. Murug deals with all the betting and stuff with it being in the Fighters Guild. Yeah, but this but, isn't. Uh, I can't imagine. I mean, if you don't, if you don't find out about it, you ain't stepping on his toes. You're only stepping on his toes if he finds out about it. What difference would that make if you found out? Well, the way someone like Murug would look at it, I would suppose. Would be every bet that is placed at your table, your well, it's not exactly an establishment, is it? <laughs> it's in my tavern. I should. Could I charge you for it? Anyway, anyway, every bet that is placed at your table is a bet that ain't placed at the Fighters Guild, innit? So you'd be taking bets away from him. I didn't say anything about me taking the bets. Oh, what would your uh, suggestion be then, Rick? That's what I'm asking you about. You know, anybody that would like to take any bets for tonight? There's I would. Couldn't it for you? Hmm. Is locked upstairs? All the locks upstairs upgraded. Well, the locks should be fine, Rick. If you didn't kick down the bloody door, <laughs> I fixed it, didn't I? No, you paid me to fix it. Well, but pertaining to your question, he says, just kind of like stroking his face, you're a bit shocked that someone like Crumb would know the word pertaining and stuff like that. But he just kind of leans forward. Pertaining to your question, I would say there probably ain't not many people around here 
I would like to shuffle in on Marug's business. You see, he's got a lot of fighters under his wings. And if he hears about other people taking bets away from him, he ain't gonna be best pleased. So you don't think it's a good idea? I don't think it's the wisest idea you've ever had, no. I mean, you can do it, and you can do it in my tavern. But I'd like it, like, 10% at least, maybe 20% of the bets. And if you get caught, I don't know a thing. Oh, no, no. This has to be an understanding that it's got nothing to do with me. You get 30% of the cut, and for me, you supply a patron to take in the bets. Yeah, but, Rag, that's putting more responsibility on me, and I don't want to do that. You see, Maruga's ties the dark area in some aspects and I don't want to get involved in the dark area. May I interject as well? You would need to all mightily wealthy because they would have to cover any bets in case the there was a large sum. They'd have to be able to pay that money out. Do we even know anybody of such wealth? There's no, there's no deposit. There, there is only pay for the fight on arrival, or don't bet. I no, believe yeah. what your friend means, Reg. Is let's say someone bets on Gregor, and he bets a thousand gold, and you've got odds so that if he bets a thousand gold, you give him five thousand gold. But you only take in 2,000 gold in the entire time. If that bet comes in, well, you owe him 3,000 gold. My point exactly, my green friend. Thank you, thank you. Is it is? I know you don't drink ale because you're a monk, so here's some tea. Just kind of slides a little little cup of tea towards you. Thank you very much. Only such bets would be possible if there were smaller bets in place. It is very easy to say no to a bet that is too large. Regardless, Reg, you would need enough capital in your bank to cover all eventualities. That's why Murug is the only one who does it around here. I'm just going to look at R with all the words he's using and his entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> Yeah, you're just genuinely shocked that Crum is able to speak this eloquently. He doesn't elaborate any further on how he's able to speak like this. He's just reeling off these business terms. So you wouldn't be able to find me anybody? I mean, like I say, if you want to do it in my tavern, that's fine. If you want to take bets, that's fine. However, I have been associated with it in case Mirror comes along and is very angry, as one would be. And also, no, I don't really know anyone that rich. You need enough money to cover any bets. And people like that would be like the Reaps and whatnot. And I don't believe the Reaps would venture into this idea of yours because well 
Epcari Paul already frequents the arena and Ambrius Reef, he ain't one to bet. So if we have a walk down Real Street here, my friend, if you do it, you would have to run the risk that you would earn more than you would have to dish out. You would have to keep it quiet enough so that the guild that are in charge of the bets never find out. And would it would the reward be worth the risk? Because the risk is quite high if it goes wrong. The risk is very high, yeah. So the only way that I can foresee this being be worth... You flip the table as he's talking, and he just doesn't blink an eye. He kind of looks at you. The only way I could foresee this being worth the risk would be if you could get everyone to bet on someone that you'd be sure would lose. <laughs> and then you take all of their gold. But on the off chance that the person that you bet against wins, then you're right, Shafter. Because then everybody wants gold. All right. I'm up halfway upstairs at this point, I've had enough. Bye, Rag. <laughs> Bye, Rag. I appreciate the, the the spirit, though. Oh, the spirit was there. The spirit was willing and able. It's just the logic went. <laughs> Not every orc is wow. as good with business as me. <laughs> All right, I'll turn around to the bar and go, I'll have another round of that tea, mate. So, at this point then, Gregor, you are, you're kind of trying to psych yourself up for the fight. Rag, you're kind of sulking in your room, just like, I thought it was a fucking good idea. The fuck are they on about? And, Ivic, you're just kind of, just gently supping your, your tea with, um, with Crumb. You're just kind of enjoying chatting to each other. You're not even really chatting about the quests and stuff. You're not even chatting about the, overall quest that you both have set by um Valar Constance and whatnot. You just enjoy just chatting about Salt Harbour and about how things have changed around and everything like that. But before you know it, it is now evening. And it is quarter to eight. So you have an hour and fifteen minutes before the fight begins. The tavern itself has become more busy. Blimey, the time's getting the time's getting there. I'm gonna run upstairs and knock on Greg's door. Yeah, Greg, you can kind of hear like a I Greg. Yes, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. Can't just swing the door open. Reflex test. I'm gonna go like that in his face. <laughs> Roll me a dex check, please. Roll me a dex check. Uh, roll me a dex save. Sorry. Seventeen. Sorry, no. That was that was Gregor, not Ivor, that needed to roll that. Oh, I thought you said a dex. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I said a dex save, so Gregor is trying to avoid this punch. Yes, please. 17. Sorry, just breaking character for a second. Is your dog chasing her tail in the background? 
She wants to walk. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Get that tail. <laughs> Ivor, could you throw this fist at Gregor as the door opens? Gregor, you realise at the last second and kind of just shift your position slightly. The fist grazes against your face, but doesn't actually damage you. Yeah, hey, that's the spirit, Greg. Kind of look shocked and just having a nice rest, and all of a sudden, just see this fist coming towards me. <laughs> I'm going to pat him on the shoulder and go, That's the spirit, that's what you need. Dodge and dive. I'm trying to ramp him up. Yeah, that's fair. I'll exit my room. Uh, are these up on the same floor as me? Can I see them? Yeah, yeah, you're all on the same floor. You are all now pretty much just basically on the same hallway. You're opposite this, opposite Gregor's door, essentially. As you open the door, you see him kind of like dodge this fist. Yeah. Come on! Come on, Gregor! Walk over to him and just shove him. Gregor, <laughs> I uh, Rag shoves you and... After tense, after dodging and then suddenly tensing after the attack from Ivor, Rag shoves you with quite a lot of force, but you don't budge. You're just kind of like sturdy. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Are you are you feeling better than you was earlier? Because you was being a pussy. <laughs> I just go go for a swing at thingy, but then I stop threat his face. I need you then, if you're trying to stop this punch from actually hitting him. I need you to roll me a... I think that might be a sleight of hand. No, no, no. Roll me a dex, just a straight up dex check, because it's more acrobatics and reaction than anything else. You're not trying to do stealthily stuff with your hands, so roll me a dex. Just a de straight up dex check. Is that hey. me or...? Uh, no, no, um, Gregor. Uh, Gregor. Gre Rag, you mean? Gregor, no. He's trying to stop his hand. Depending on what happens next will depend if you need to roll anything. <laughs> uh, was it Dex? Five. Yes. Alright, Rag. <laughs> Again, yeah, just a straight up Dex save. Uh, 12. <laughs> Gregor, you throw a punch towards Rag. You try and slow it down. What? You miss. Yeah, you, you, you don't miss. You, you kind of, you are unable to slow your fist down. You are that amped up after dodging an attack and being pushed. You just swing to the side of his face, aiming straight for his jaw. And you just carry the motion through. Brad, what did you get again? Sorry, 12? Yeah. You see this coming and you think, oh, he's going to stop. He's going to stop as the fist is coming closer and closer. He's going to stop. And then within like half an inch or so, you realize, shit, it's not going to stop. You try and lean backwards and the edge of his knuckle catches the edge of your chin and just follows through. Not enough to actually hurt you as such, but enough to kind of jar your head to the side. 
Can I get myself ready with fast reactions and like just be really perception perceptive of like how Rag's taking this? <laughs> you Not can, yes. Yes, yeah, so you can. If you wish, you can kind of like just prep yourself to be aware of how Rag is going to react to this. Rag, how do you react to this? How do you add it? You know that's what I'm talking about. You're hyped. You're hyped about this. You are the fact that Gregor has managed to pretty much lay a fist on your chin, and it's only from your own reactions that Gregor hasn't pretty much laid you flat on the ground. You're not angry at this. You're not worried about this. You're hyped. You think if Gregor is in this state that he can almost floor his friend, he's gonna fucking rip apart. Another fighter. I said to him, yeah, come on, Gregor, again. You want me to punch again? again? Go on. Roll, roll, roll to hit. It's no longer a dex check. Roll to hit. Okay. Uh, what's, uh, do I use initiative? Fist. Sorry. No, no, no. It's your. Is it? Actions. Oh, no. Hold on, yeah, you're not using a weapon, you're just throwing a punch. I'm guessing a 22 hits. I am almost certain, unless Rag, your AC is higher than 22. Hits, hits. Roll me a damage, please. Uh, unarmored strike, I think, is a D6? D just straight up 5. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, you just you deal five points of damage on. Mm. Yes! That's on, the Greg. spirit, Greg. Hit him again! <laughs> uh, actually, sorry, sorry, Greg, what's your strength modifier? My strength modifier? Uh, yes. Eight. Modifier, not the actual strength itself, the modifier, the plus whatever. Plus four. Oh, okay. I've, I've worked that out wrong. Yeah, we'll just do it as a plus five for now. Um, Rag, you take five points of damage as Gregor just kind of like, again, just swings up this time and connects directly under your chin. As he connects, you feel your chin rise and your feet lift off the floor for a split second. Yes. Uh, I just scream. Ah. Yeah, Gregor, you are hyped at this point in time. Really? He's ready. Let's go. <laughs> should we um? Should we get there early? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go. So, as you, as Ivok, you are starting to chant Gregor's name and whatnot, and. Rag and Gregor are now walking down the stairs, just kind of like plumping down into the tavern. You walk down and you see that there are a lot of people in the tavern itself, and they all just stop talking and look at Gregor as he comes down the stairs. Behold, the titan of terror, the mountain of murder, Gregor! <laughs> it's Gregor! <laughs> There's a very slight pause before you just hear... Gregor! Gregor! 
And I'll be Teach honest. that man a lesson. Beat up that whore. Fuck up, sure, duck. I've got money riding on you. If I lose, my wife and kids are gonna die. Bring it. Bring it. I've bet all my life savings on you, Dragon Ball. That is not a good thing to do, but well done. I got a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I really like, I really like massage the good. Come on, Greg. You've got to do this now. <laughs> Right, I, I wagered my wife and son, Dragonborn! Win! I just look very confused over just like... Okay. Just walk on. You, you just kind of see Crumb in the background just polishing a glass, just massive grin on his face. It's more been used than anything else. You spot him, you kind of make eye contact as you head out, and Crumb just kind of gives you a nod, just like, yeah. Fuck it, fuck him up. Just, I just give him yeah. a nut. Twenty gold on you, Dragonborn. Win. Show us Valar had an in had the right inkling about you guys. We will. We will. Let's go. So Gregor, Ivok, and Rag, you guys exit the um, baneful squid. To more cheers as you exit. You know that a lot of these people won't be able to watch the fight, but they will be waiting in anticipation to find out what the result is. What you make time? your way... Sorry, gone. What time is it now? At this point in time, it's about 10 to 8. You've got an hour and 10 minutes before the fight itself starts. Yeah, okay. So you make your way through the, um, through the commercial area. It's very quiet at the moment in the commercial area. All the stalls have shut. No one is around. There is there's, there's one or two people around, like just drunken people, basically, more than anything else. One or two tourists walking through, just like marvelling at everything. There's a couple of fishermen walking down towards the docks, ready for like a shipment or two. But generally, it's quite quiet. You head up, and you head to the commercial area. Around where the bank is, there is still no movement. Like before, there's one or two people just like on the corners, just keeping themselves to themselves, looking a bit worse for wear. But you're around the corner of the bank, down the well-worn road, and in front of you, you can see the arena glowing brightly, like a diamond in the centre of this run-down area. You can hear cheers from inside the arena, as even though there is no fight that you know of happening at the moment, with the exhibition fights having ended earlier in the day, people are hyped to see what is going to happen. There are throngs of people outside, and as you start to make your way towards them, people don't pay attention to you at first, the three of you, as you're walking. But they turn around and they see you. There's small whispers. There's a couple of people pointing. Rag, as this is happening, you feel once more another like bit of scurrying up you, and you realise Bimit's come back. Ah, ah Bimit. How did you go? found out. This is, sorry, this is happening as you are starting to approach the crowd. The crowd is starting to split in two. Can I just say, do I see Bimit? Run me a perception check, please. Gregor, you don't. You are focused solely on the crowds in front of you. Just like whispering, staring, pointing and depart, like splitting for you. 
Ivor, what's your perception roll? Say that again, sorry, I couldn't hear you. Four. No, unfortunately, because of the amount of people that are around, you're unable to see Bimit. Bimit essentially is like sneaking in or sneaking between the large crowds. You didn't even really notice that Bimit wasn't with uh, wasn't with Rag, seeing as most of the time he's asleep on Rag's shoulder. However, Rag, Bimit kind of closes his way back up, just wraps himself around, wraps his tail around your forearm again. Bimit found that little goblin lives in arena itself. Goblin doesn't leave arena except for food. Goblin sleeps in arena from smells. Do you Goblin know has it... nest. Do you know whereabouts in the arena? It smells as low, the lower arenas. The lower levels of the arena. Hmm. Hidden good. away. That's very good. Well steak. Steak, well, steak, steak. Steak will be tonight. <clears throat> Promise. In fact, God. How, does, how does five steaks sound? Just kind of like raises his head up, and you see like a, a very small but very obvious burst of flame just erupts from his mouth. Steak! Yeah. Well. There's perhaps one more thing you can do for me tonight while the fight is happening. For more steak. Huh? For more steak. More steak. More steak. More steak. More steak. Yes, more steak. (laughs) What do you wish Bimit to do? I wish for Bimit to find where he sleeps. I need you to find at least me the door that leads down to the lower levels. Bimit can look for door. Bimit will let Kin know during fight. You're in fight, but stay with me until the fight happens. I will let you know when I want you to go. For steak, Bimit will do. For steak. Five steaks for Bimit. Five steaks. Just kind of looks like side to side, just very happy. We will head out after after the fight tonight. After after we've we've finished our business here, we will go and get you your five stakes. Bimit agrees to terms. Good Bimit, good Bimit. Kind of like snuffles down back onto your shoulder and just rests for now until he's called back into action. Let's go then. Yeah, these crowds have departed. They've split to the sides, and they're allowing all three of you to walk through. Um, the doors are open, and the um, the fighters' guild is much busier than you have ever seen it before. Like you, you've been in there once or twice. You you went in there on the night that both Rag and Gregor fought, but you have never seen it quite as busy as it is currently. It is packed, water wall full of patrons. Quite a few of them are drunk. Quite a lot of them are not. They're all very rowdy and loud. You see the waitresses aren't even able to walk between them. They see you, Gregor, as you walk in with Rag and Ivor. 
and they don't depart, they don't split like the people outside did, but they kind of like pat you on the back as they go, as you go. They kind of like push you towards where the betters table is. Uh, Gregor. Yes? Well, you need to come with me. What for? Uh, to prepare. No. Down below. All right then, let's go. Follow us, Ivok. Uh, well, I'll, I'll lead Gregor and Ivok to the door behind Murug. Yeah, so the the crowd is chanting louder and louder, and Murug sees all three of you approach. He smiles and lets Gregor and Rag through. However, as Ivok, as you try and get there, as you try and make your way through, just kind of like holds his small little goblin hand out. I'm afraid it's only the manager and the fighter himself that are allowed in the lockers. If you're a friend of his, I can sell you a cheap ticket. Nah, I can sell you a ticket on the cheap. Yeah, how cheap is a ticket? Well, for a ticket for you, I I remember you being here last time. Fifteen gold for a good seat. I'll or you can wait outside. I'll chuck. I'll chuck fifteen gold on his table on my way past. Uh, very well, your friend has paid for you. So, if you would like, just produce a ticket. If you would like to take your seat, my friend, it will begin shortly. Okay. So, is the seat not with them then? It's in the arena. It's in yeah. It's in the actual spectators area because I, uh, Rag had only. Rag had only identified himself as Gregor's manager. You're just kind of like a spectator. That's fine by me. I'll go there. <laughs> very well, very well. If you would like to take your seat, the fight will begin in... He just kind of looks up at the blank wall again. Like last time that Rag and, I, uh, Rag and Gregor was there. Looks like he's looking at nothing. 45 minutes and the battle will begin. Fine. I'd say I'll be glad. I'd rather have a good seat for this spectacle, anyhow. So yeah, Rag and Gregor, you open the door, and you're met with cold, like a clinical air. There's some stairs leading down downwards. As the two of them make their way down, Ivak, you you just kind of like make your way over to the gated area. You hand your ticket to one of the people, and a very short little gnome appears out of nowhere, grabs you by like the cuff of your sleeve, and just starts leading you to your seat. You you're relatively close to the actual arena itself, to the squ- to the ring itself. You're surprised at how good this seat is for 15 gold. You can see inside the um, ring itself very easily, and although there's no one in the ring, you reckon from the distance that you're at, you'll be able to see everyone's details quite clearly. Rag and Gregor, you are now heading down this dark, kind of like clinical staircase. There's the extra doors I can see down there. You can, but at the moment it is literally just a straight stairway down. It opens up at the very bottom, and there are two doors, one to your left and one to your right. The one to your left has a light on. Or a torch glowing in the distance. Behind it, should I say? Sorry. 
the left one, the one with the torch. Yeah. You open it, and you see a couple of wooden seats in there. You also see a couple of um, what you would presume are fight, uh, previous fighters. Quite a few of them look bloody and beaten up. They're, they're kind of just like hunched over on the seats, just trying to catch the breath. There's one of them who is kind of like sat up quite tall, and he is. He doesn't look that bad off, that, you know, like damaged, to be fair. He looks like he's got a couple of bruises and lacerations, but he's kind of like hunched over a little bit, and he looks to be eating something. Who are you? Are you saying this to the fighter? What was that? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Who are you? So, yeah, you're saying this to the fighter who is kind of like hunched over, just eating something out of a bowl. He kind of whips his head around, and you can see what looks to be small, like, red dried leaves around his face. Who the fuck are you to ask me? Is it who I think it is? It's not Shawduck now. Come on, Gregor, take a seat. Let's ignore him. Yeah, this guy is going back to his bowl and eating what looks to be dried red leaves. See, you kind of you sit down um, where that where that fighter was just like scarfing these leaves. You sit down a couple of seats away from him. You just kind of like hunch over. You start taking a couple of deep breaths. You look to the wall where there seems to be a rudimentary clock. And it shows that at this point there's only 15 minutes left until the fight begins. Can I take an insight in the guy that's eating the red leaves? Yeah, go for it. Roll me an insight check, please. What are you looking for exactly? Basically, uh, what he's eating and who, who he is. Okay, yeah. Roll me an insight, please. Twenty-three. Okay, so, the fighter himself, you don't know exactly who he is. You've never seen him before in your life. But given the, to- given the context, where you are, how bloody he looks and everything, you would happily presume that he is someone who has fought very recently in the ring. As for what he's eating, again, you, you haven't really seen these before. You can see that he is definitely eating some kind of red leaves. Um, But again, given the context, you remember what Arja said about um, the contract to assassinate Morug earlier in that day and how Morug had been pretty much forcing his fighter to eat goji leaves, a type of leaf that when eaten... (coughs) Um, they they kind of like they they increase your resistance to damage essentially. However, at the same time, overuse of them can have adverse effects. Um, it's kind of almost like doping. Okay, I just I just leave them to it. Just like, all right, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna start ripping up my 
my bedroll. Okay. Take the outer material off to sort of create like a, a bandage kind of material to wrap around Gregor's fists. Yeah, so your bedroll is now completely messed up and you wrap these linen bedrolls around Gregor's fists. Gregor, even though you need to take away your AC for your shield and stuff, add one AC to your stats for this fight. Okay. An extra one AC after that. I just remember it's 17. I was going to say, yeah, if, you, if you've taken your shield off, so it removes that too, then just add one to whatever it is. You're taking two off to make it six. Uh, to make it no, no, sorry, I've already so done it. Yeah, yeah so right. your AC is 17. Okay, yeah, fine. So, yeah, you now have these linen kind of like bandages wrapped around your hands. You're kind of like jabbing into the air in front of you, getting yourself psyched up. You look up, and there is minutes to go. Shorduck hasn't turned up yet, but there's still three or four minutes to go. You Come wonder on. if he's... Come on! Are you ready? Say, you, you wonder if Shorduck is going to be in this locker room or another one. Who's that, me or...? Both of you, just pretty much, you're kind of confused that Shorduck hasn't appeared yet. But, Rag, you remember that there are two sides to this arena. Shorduck yeah. could quite easily be on the other side. Yeah. I wonder where this orc is. I'll turn up. Sure will. Sure will. Um, so, am I aware of where I need to take him? Yeah, there is, there's, there's only one real, there's one entrance and one exit. The entrance is where you came in, and the exit is kind of like a large square opening where there is a bright amount of light shining through. From that opening, you can start hearing the chants of the crowd. Gregor is starting me towards <laughs> From the distance, you can hear echoing. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for rematch of the century? Just stand up, um, just jab a bit more, and just get ready for the demand. You're kind of like psyching yourself up, and you can just hear in the one corner. We have our previously. Undefeated champion, Shorduck Fistnapper, looking for redemption after his first ever career loss to the dreaded Ragnarok. In the other corner, we have the one Ragnarok has been coaching, the one who almost laid siege to Shorduck himself. Gregor, the Dragonborn. Give it up for the two fighters as they make their way to the ring. Gregor, Gregor, Gregor. You hear half the ch- half the side chanting Gregor, and another half chanting Shorduck's name. Gregor, you and Rag walk out to just more cheers, an immediate array of noise. You just hear. <sighs> The lights blare in your face and blind you for a second. And as your eyes adjust, 
you see the circular ring in front of you beckoning you forwards. Do this! Let's do this! Right, you yeah, both. Yeah, Raggy, you walk him out. You kind of like hold the ropes open for the ring for him. Raggy, you just kind of climb underneath. Rag, being the performer you are, you're walking around Gregor's side of the ring, just clapping, trying to get people pumped up. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I've. Um... Got my Luto at this point. I believe I can cast Bardic Inspiration with not being magic. Go for it. You allowed it last time, so. I will allow it this time again. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to be playing a little on the um, and just secretly cast Bardic Inspiration around Gregor. Gregor, as Rag is. As Rag has let you into the ring by lifting the ropes, and you are just kind of like pumping yourself up. You see Rag walking on the edge of the ring, playing his loop, driving the crowd into an even bigger frenzy for you. You feel inspired as your friend is playing the loot in honour of you. So yes, you have Bardic Inspiration. Right, so what does that do? That is 1d8 10 minutes you can use it. Um, and you can choose it for a, It's going to be an attack roll. You can use a 1d8 for an attack Ah! Yeah, you can, you can use it once, basically. That include onto the five hit. Yeah, onto the hit. Oh, brilliant! Oh no, just the no. Attack. It doesn't. It, no, just the attack, not on the actual damage itself. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm happy with that. Let's do it. So this. yeah, you, you've you've got the crowd pumped up, and the crowd falls silence once again. All the lights, all the torches are dimmed, and then suddenly an array of torches light up leading towards the other side and outruns Shorduck Fistnapper an imposing hulk of an orc he looks like when he's running his right leg kind of limps ever so slightly almost imperceptible but Rag you see this slight limp the one that you caused from breaking his leg and you smile he tries to jump straight into the ring from the floor and whilst you suspect that before his fight with Rag, he probably could have done. Instead, all he manages to do is land onto the actual ring itself, rather than over the ropes. He stumbles for a split second, but raises his arms up in triumph. He's circling around on the outside of the ring. The crowd can see every inch of him, basically. His big overbite and broken teeth that he's wearing is a mark of pride. His eyes that have scars across them. He now has a torn ear due to Rag and his nose which is just squashed from years of fighting. Rather than having someone open the ring um, the ring ropes for him, he just kind of pulls them down and steps over. He raises his hand up as he walks in and the crowd goes wild. He walks into the centre, never taking his eyes off Gregor. Uh, Same. I do the same, I just staring to, at him. I need to quickly go over and try and um, see Murug to drop his 300 gold in his table, really. Yeah, so Murug is actually still in the ring. He is watching the two fighters walk towards each other. He sees you, Rag, and he doesn't actually respond as such, but he just kind of, he, he acknowledges you, essentially. Can I quickly walk over, run over to him then and uh, drop his 300 gold? 
Uh, you're leaving it awfully late, aren't you, lad? But nonetheless, gold is gold. I'll take it. It's gold. So you have now... Overall, you have bet 700 gold, so you have now withdrawn another 300 gold pieces for your from your infantry. Just kind of slyly pockets it. Well, with that out of the way, just kind of lifts his head back. Let's begin! Ladies and gentlemen, I've given too many introductions already. There's nothing more to say. Miss that these two fighters settle their differences in the ring. Let's do this. The crowd roars again. Morug just kind of quickly scampers out of the ring. Rack, do you follow suit? Uh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can feel. You can feel the tension in the air. It's like fucking electric. So you're just like, nope, I'm out. The crowd goes quiet. And then you hear the first bell. And the crowd just screams. And the fight is now underway. I was going to say, do we have to roll for initiative? The roll initiative. I'll include my um, just your general initiative bonus, yeah. 15. 15? Okay, let me run. Is you're definitely fight, you're definitely throwing first. Yeah, so literally, as soon as the bell goes, I just go for a whack across the across his jaw. Okay, roll to hit them, please. The bell rings. You're both in the centre, and as soon as the bell goes, you just throw your fist straight at his nose. 18. 18. That is a hit. Five air bludgeoning damage. Yeah, so the second the bell goes, you swing for him. You take him unaware, and you crack him straight in the nose. You feel it crunch ever so slightly. Not enough really to fully throw him off balance, but his head goes back a bit. He leans forward and smiles, a little trickle of blood going down his nose. Yeah, that's it, Greg. Do it again. I'm guessing a six doesn't hit. No, no. <laughs> after doing, after taking the punch to the, fr- uh, to the nose then, he tries to respond in kind, but rather than going from the side, he just literally pulls his fist back and launches it forward. You kind of see this coming, and you lean your head to the side, lift your hand up, and just bat it away. As I bat it away, I just go for the same hand again, and go straight for his stomach. Roll to hit. A 23 does hit. So, as he as he takes the swing at you, and you once again just, yeah, you kind of bite it to the side, you lean down and you kind of like twist your hand so your fingers are facing directly up at you, you just jab straight into his stomach. You feel the armour just kind of give way a little bit as his stomach just moves backwards slightly. He coughs a little bit, 
and takes a step back. He doesn't smile this time. Instead, he just kind of tries to grab you with both of his hands. Roll me a... Uh, as he tries to grapple you. Roll me a athletics check. Um, roll me a strength check, please. Seventeen. Well, with that roll he's just got, he kind of tries to grapple you, as he's you know like being knocked forward, slight knocked down slightly by that punch to the stomach. He tries to grapple you around. He kind of does it so that your arms are to the side. You just kind of flex your arms out, and his arms in turn flay out, leaving his chest and his throat and his face just wide open. As I do that, I go for a headbutt and just straight into it. Roll to hit. Good rolls tonight. Um, Can I say the short looks having bad rolls? 23, again. That will hit. So yeah, you you deal five points of damage. You kind of like, you use both your arms to flex out. His arms also go out, like to both sides. You raise your head back and you just slam it straight into his kind of like, just his craggy, ugly as fuck face. You land another hit directly on his nose. You hear another crack and more blood kind of just like splatters out onto the ring. At this, with with his head back, he as his head swings back, you see a big grin appear on his face, and he swings his head forward as hard as he can. Does a 22 hit? Definitely hits. Then that is... Eight points of damage. So yeah, he swings his head back after you've headbutted him. You see this big grin on his face, and with the opposite momentum, he smashes his head into your forehead. You feel dizzy for a split second, but regain your footing. The crowd is going wild at this point in time. You're not even really moving around the ring. You're just kind of trading blows, stood still. Okay, so as he t- did, I take a step back. You took like you didn't take a full step back as in you walk backwards, but one of your feet steps back out of just sheer force from his headbutt. I kind of just go back and then just get my fist again, and I'm just gonna go straight for his chest. Roll to hit. Rag and Ivak, you are seeing Gregor now, just standing toe to toe with this orc, which is like a good couple of inches taller than him. Both of them just throwing punches and headbutts, and neither of them shifting from their position. I was just going to say, Tom, I just uh, was just about to roll off. Do you want me to do a re-roll? If it's rolled off the side, yeah, do yourself a re-roll. Yeah, 22. (coughs) Fucking hell. That will hit. So how are you attacking him again? Uh, Just literally, as I knock back, I kind of just like kind of bounce back and just go straight for his chest. So you bounce back and yeah, you clench your, you you kind of like look down, you see your open hand, you clench it with all your might 
and you use the force to just swing straight into his chest. He isn't wearing any armor as such, so you connect straight onto his flesh. And for a split second, you can feel a very slight crack in his chest. He takes two steps back with this. He breathes out very slowly, very calmly. Does a 20 hit? It does. It does. Uh, After taking... Sorry, go on. At this point, I'm going to send Bimit off. Yeah, so you see you see Gregor punch him and Shodot takes two steps back. The crowd is going insane at this point. All eyes are on Gregor and Shodok. Bimit, Bimit, go. Bimit will go now. He kind of like wraps himself unwraps himself around your like forearm. You can feel him scurry down your back. You see Murug look at you for a split second, but you don't think he's actually seeing um, Bimit or all. He's just kind of looking to see how you're reacting to your fight doing. As the crowd is all have has all of their attention on the fight going on, Bimit just kind of like disappears down below where the uh, lockers locker area was. Okay. So I believe that Shawduck had taken a punch. And he got a he got enough to damage you, I think, on that one if I remember rightly. It was like twenty or something. So he took he takes two steps back. He crouches down and leaps up, both hands in the air, slams his fist down onto your shoulders. Does another eight points of damage. Your shoulders kind of like give way a little bit, so you are now crouched. You're not crouched, but your head and your upper body are leant forwards towards him as he's stood over you. Okay, okay as he's done that, I've just gone down. I just take a yeah. second just to get my breath back, and then I go and go for a swing on the left, straight into his leg. Remember, you can move, Greg. <laughs> You hear Ivic's words of knowledge reach you, telling you that you're able to move away from him if you wish. But yeah, roll to hit as you take a swing for his left leg. That's 20. Alrighty, Root, let me just do something here. I think I use my uh, bardic creation well. You can, but I don't see the need to do that. Oh, so you've got a nat 20. You're you're kind of like you're kind of like doubled over a little bit, and you remember that Rag had focused on his left leg a lot in the previous fight. You clench your fist and you slam it into the side at the joint where his kneecap is, just on the side of it. There, you do ten points of damage. You see the actual the patella itself, so the kneecap itself, shift ever so slightly to the right. Oh. He, he lets out a roar of pain as you hit his newly healed leg. Or maybe not. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd sees his pain and they hush a little bit. Some areas are chanting louder. You can just hear, Gregor, Gregor, finish him! Get 
<laughs> he tries to use this as anger to focus his rage. He's gone to the side and he tries to hit a cross using the back of his hand. I'm guessing an 11 doesn't hit. What's your AC again, sorry? Uh, 16. So yeah, as he's kind of like down a little bit and slapping back up, you manage to just grab his arm. He's not done it with enough force to like knock your hand away. You just grab his arm. At this point in time, you are looking down at him as he is trying to attack you with one arm in your hand. Okay. I kind of twist his arm back in a bit so his arm's going back like that. Yeah. Then I just get my elbow and just go straight into his shoulder, like about here. Roll to hit. Twenty-four. <laughs> yeah, so you pull his arm back and he looks up at you after you caught his arm and pulled it, and you see an actual glimpse of fear in this orc's eyes. You just kind of shoulder drop straight into his into his shoulder. You hear a loud crack as his head jerks, and from his arm that you have, like, held, you feel it kind of, like, essentially twitch from you hitting the nerve directly. Shawduck, to the detriment of his own health, this, this orc is a warrior. He has been through a lot. You feel his you feel his shoulder crack as he positions himself, pretty much dislocating his own arm. He plants his hand down, so his arm is up, his body is reaching down at a, in a non-natural angle. He pushes off with his hand that's on the floor and tries to kick you at the back of the head. Does a 17 hit? Yeah, my thing is 17 as well. I think we do attacker wins on this, don't we? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, yeah, with him twisting as he is and completely dislocating his arm and doing damage to himself in the process, the heel of his foot manages to catch the side of your temple. The shock of it causes you to let go of his arm. You, you stagger back ever so slightly in the crowd again, just... <sighs> He kind of spins around. His left arm is a bit limp at this point, dislocated. He raises one hand up, just blocking half of his face. Pretty much beckoning you to try and attack him. Uh, how much points do you do deal to me? He did eight points of damage, sorry, as he hits you in the side of the temple. You can see he's not doing great at this point in time, but he's also not going down. He looks... He looks as though it will take another good couple of hits to take him down. Right. Uh, I, have I stepped back from him? You you took a step back after he kicked you in the temple, yeah. Spit on the floor. And then I'm just going to go in for another, another hit. Just literally just duck and weave. And then I'm just going to go from where he's blocking that. I go the opposite side and just going to go straight into the side of his temple. So yeah, roll to hit him from... Roll to hit from them, please. Huh. Um, uh, 23. Out of... Oh, wait, no, sorry, is that your hit? Sorry. That's the hit. Okay, yeah, sorry. Um, Gregor, how do you look at the moment? What is your HP? Nine. 
Gregor is very unsteady on his feet, but credit to him, he is trying his best. He is just trying to dodge all the attacks he can. He knows more than anything, as long as he can get the hits in, he can take down Shorduck. It's just if he gets hit. 23, did you say, with that? Yeah. So, yeah, you take a couple of steps back, and as Shorduck is, like, kind of um, up, you duck and weave. It looks like he tries to grab down to your, like, fist, but you kind of faint and you swing across the side into his face, cracking his jaw, doing another five points of damage. He staggers, and he spits out blood, and a tooth drops out. He's kind of... (laughs) He's only fighting with one arm at this time, and he looks a bit unsteady. In fact, he looks very unsteady at this point in time. It looks like it's going to go down to the wire between the two of you. Izzy spits out the tooth and he's got one arm he kind of just rushes towards you you see him crouch down he jumps up and tries to drop kick you does a 13 hit you no you see him about to do this drop kick and just instinct takes over more than anything else and you roll underneath him he kind of lands on the floor he is currently prone So as you I attack do, with advantage. Nice. So as, you're, as I roll, I kind of just like land as his face is like towards me. Yeah. Like the floor. I'm just going to go bang straight into his face again. Roll to hit with advantage then, please. Eighteen. That is a hit. So yeah, you kind of um you as he tries to drop kick you, you roll underneath, he lands, as you finish rolling, you kind of plant your feet, turn around and just smack straight down right into his face. His nose fully cracks at this point, and blood just spurts everywhere. He coughs and you see a bit of blood come up. He here, let me just find something. Uh, I think that might be He coughs up a little bit of blood. And he kind of tries to grab your hands. Like the one that you just hit him in the face with. Yeah. Roll me a strength check, please. At 20, not a natural. So yeah, he tries to grab your hands. But you kind of like just bat the hand straight away. He's still on the floor in front of you. All right. He's as bleeding badly at this point. All right. As as I as I bat his hand as I bat his hand up there, I just shout at him, "Stay down!" Bang and go straight into the face again. Roll another attack with advantage because he is still prone. At this point, the crowd is screaming. They are they are baying for blood. Ivok around you, you can just hear cries of FUNGUSHAN! I'm doing exactly the same. (laughs) Just cheering for him. 21 did you say, sorry? Uh, 24, sure. 24, you reach back again as you're screaming, stay down and smash your hand straight back into him. This time hitting his mouth, breaking more teeth. 
it looks like you have broken his jaw from the way that it just kind of like shunts to the side. Rag, you have never seen Gregor this violent before. I'm going to start looking in my uh, bag of holding for that crystal that negates the new mine crystal. Okay, I'm not sure where you're going with this, but okay. Just want to look. You get it. Say that again, sir. I just want to look to see if I can get it. It is, as you open the bag, it is within arm's reach of you. You'd have to put your hand in, but you can grab it. I'll put it in, I'll wear it. You are currently wearing it, so there is no magic that can affect your person itself. Either you can't, you can't cast magic, and magic can't be cast against you. If you're wearing it at this point in time. Uh, it's not that crystal, sorry, it's the other one. The one that... Oh, Amrius. The one that Amrius gave you, the black one. Yeah. That is currently with Bimit on his like little collar. <laughs> yeah, that, remember, that little black crystal, the one that negates the pink new mine crystal, is what allows him to keep small. Of course it is. Right, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, basically then, you see that Gregor is just pounding the shit out of this guy, more violent than you've ever seen him before. You open the bag to look for the black new mine crystal, and then it dawns on you. Bimit is wearing the crystal. After you've just punched him in the face again, Gregor, he tries to grab, he's like pretty much flailing at your hands at this point in time, trying to grab anything. I'm guessing an eight does nothing. No, no, nothing. Once again, you just bat his hand away. Right. Okay, I'm just gonna literally just grab his head now this time. I said, I said, stay down! I'm gonna go for a headbutt. Before you roll to hit, roll me a con save with disadvantage. Five. With is that with disadvantage as well? Sorry. That's with disadvantage. Yeah, I believe you you say you don't. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah, let me just work something out very quickly. You grab him by the side of his head. You raise your head back. As you do so, you have seen. You are now seeing flashes of everything that has happened previously. You remember your last fight. Yeah. You remember getting the shit kicked out of you. For a brief second, you remember a mushroom. Like the spores of it hitting you in the face. You, as you're looking around, you see that time has stopped, but only for you. You oh, look back I... down. Yeah. Only for you, time has stopped. You look back down and you see a giant grin on the face of Shorduck. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I see you are winning this fight. That's a nice change from last time, Gregor. <laughs> what nice. do you want? Oh, nothing much, nothing much. I just wish to see how it's going. I've tried getting in touch with you, but unfortunately, in this city, the only place that I seem to be able to communicate it's this arena. 
How are you finding it? How are you finding your memories? How, how do you know about my memories, Zurich? Oh, well, you don't remember? Well, I just had a flash about something about a mushroom, so... Ah, yes. In your folly, you picked up a new mind mushroom. And it obliterated your mind. Your friends tried to regain your memories for you. But it doesn't look like they were successful. It looks as though they gave you false memories. And that is why, Gregor... Two sets. Glorious, is it not? I'm kind. I'm kind of shocked. So, the others knew about this the whole time. The others are the reason for this, Gregor. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a stare! <laughs> I kind of just like just think no. No, I trusted them. Believe what you may, Gregor. Trust me when I say they did try their best to help you. But they failed. Unfortunately, it is not my fault what happened. It is only the actions of others. I gave them an opportunity and they... Well, they did not reject it, but they did not seize it. So now it is up to you to find your own true memories. What Decide for which one's real or not. Is this all you wanted? To put more doubts in my mind? Well, doubt helps, doubt helps. But, like I say, this is the only place I seem to be able to contact you. Of course there is the dark area. But none of you seem to be in there yet. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting there, Zurich. Mm. See that you do. The armies of Merkel get stronger every day. And it won't be too long <laughs> until they are unstoppable. Don't and worry. as I have told you before, a world of death does not interest me. There's no joy or randomness in that. There's no I... chaos in death. Yes, I don't enjoy that either. Land of the dead. That doesn't sound appealing to me at all. Nor I. So, Gregor, I leave you with this final tidbit of information. And what is that, Zurich? <laughs> if you wish to get your phone memory back, I believe there may be one or two contacts you already have that may help you. And I'm you see, whilst, whilst the memory is a tricksy one, Certain magics can help. Most powerful of all being runic magic. Runic magic. You find the right person that you know of. You tell them of your predicament. You find the right item. And then you will finally be able to know what's real and what's not. And of course, once you find out... <laughs> You can enact your revenge on your friends for lying. Or you can let it go. Either way, I don't really care. Just make sure that you deal. Merkel! Here's Derek, I guess. Right. Here is all mine, my boy. All mine. 
Now, I believe you were hitting some poor orc in submission, were you not? I believe I was. I believe I was. Good. Splendid. There's no greater chaos than violence. <laughs> I will see you soon. I hope not. I hope not. I feel hurt, Gregor. I hope we do meet very soon. What is that? Well, the more we see each other, the more you help me. The more we drive back, Merkel, and the more I'm able to sow chaos across this region. Tell me, Zurich, do you actually intend to let us go? A man of my word, dear Gregor. You fulfill your end of the bargain, I fulfill mine. But of course, if you don't fulfill the bargain, well, I cannot be held accountable for your consequences. And they call you the god of tricks. They call me many things. And all of them are jealous. We'll be seeing you soon, Zurich. Hello. And with that, the, f the smile fades, and you hear the chanting once more. You are exact. You hear the chanting as you are holding this orc, like, by his lapel. You can hear Ivic specifically chanting your name. You can hear the crowd wanting you to fin deliver that finishing blow. And I do. How do you do it? Or how, how are you going to try and do this? Alright. Oh, this is Okay. As the so... crowd is chanting louder and louder. Things almost seem slightly warped. I'm yeah, you can. Oh. <laughs> sorry, you, as you're looking around, like just like times come back, you see almost in slow motion, Ivor kind of like chanting with not anger as such, but want of violence in his face, like that. Yeah, pretty much exactly like that. Almost in slow motion, you look across and you see Rag with a giant grin on his face. Does he realise? <laughs> Pretty much like that. The same that he had in the tavern where Ivok forced his grin. Okay. As I look around and I just go straight back to him, I just scream, just go, ah! And I just tilt my head back and then just go in for a final, like, headbutt into his face. Roll me, roll to hit, but with disadvantage. With disadvantage? With disadvantage. Your head is not in the game at this moment in time. Natural one! <laughs> Was not expecting that. <laughs> Tell you what. We'll let, the we'll let the dice decide on this. <laughs> we need to find the right one for this. You're, you're not in the right headspace as you're looking around and seeing your friends cheer for you, wanting you to finish shoulder cough. You swing your head back. You swing it forward to try and finish him off. You crack him right in the head. But it doesn't seem like it's done it correctly. You've actually hit him with the bridge of your nose rather than your forehead. Blood spurts out from your nose as you are dealt eight points of damage. 
you feel your vision start to come and go. You're you're still on top of Shorduck, just kind of swaying slightly. He yeah. sees this. You look down as your vision is starting to go into double and triple vision. You see his arm, his hand clench. What's your AC? I don't know if you can see this. 17. Can I, can I, can I at this point <laughs> shout and dim it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow an action here. What are you trying to do? I'm gonna try and just shout and dim it to come. Bimit is rushing towards you, but it depends what you want him to do. Yeah, well, I want him to jump onto my shoulder. Bimit, is the, as, as Shorduck is starting to clasp his fist and swing it upwards, Bimit appears and jumps onto your shoulder. I want to get the... He's got the crystal around his neck, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I want to stick my head underneath his neck and get it around me as well. I'm going to have to get you to roll me something for that, because it's a smallish collar. Alternatively, you can literally just grab crystal. Grab my neck, I can... It just needs to be in contact with you. Oh, I'll just hold it. Yeah, so Bimit kind of jumps onto you, you grab onto the collar, you grab yeah. onto the crystal, you feel your all of your magic swell back to you. <laughs> Just to point out, Rag, you are in full view of everyone. Yeah, I am in full view of everyone, yeah, but... Uh, I think the only thing I can do that's not going to cause attention is cast the healing word. Second level. I'm going to need you to roll a stealth check for this. You're in full you're in full view of everyone. Bimit has this small little this small little dragon has jumped again in full view of everyone, abandoning his task to find out where Murug lives in the stadium. You grabbed onto his collar. Tell me how you're trying to cast healing word without drawing attention. Well, I believe it's I believe healing word doesn't it's not visual, is it? I'm not sure, I'm fairly sure it's audible. Let me just double check for you. I can see me regains hit points, is it so you cast out a light of any sort? Uh a creature of your choice within range, blah blah when you cast Okay. I will ask you to roll stealth with an advantage then, because you're going to have to do something to cast this spell, even if it is just like, move your fingers or mutter to yourself. You need to do something to cast it itself. So you are you are casting a spell essentially. But you have, yeah, advantage on stealth on this. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you as much chances as I can with like, keeping this fair. You know how I showed you the dice before? Not natural 20, is it? Natural 1. 
So, what? How much do they gain on this? What level? What level are you casting it? It's a second level, so uh, that'd be two d four plus your spell casting ability. Yeah. Okay, roll me four d four plus your spell casting ability because four of that natural one. One. Yeah. Okay, so how much did you heal him for? Seventeen. So yeah. Gregor, you, like I say, Gregor, you essentially, after Syrak had finished, you tried to headbutt him, uh, you tried to headbutt Shoulder. Unfortunately, you hit him wrong, and your nose hit his forehead instead, dealing a lot of damage. He, um, Shoulder, sensing this weakness, clasps his hand and swings to the side. Rag, you are witnessing this. Ivok, you are witnessing this. You, Ivok, you think this is it. Gregor has lost again. You can see Gregor is swaying after that headbutt. <laughs> your hands are pretty much in your head at this point in time, and you don't see what's happening. Um, Rag, somehow Bimit has managed to get his way back to you. Had to abandon his little job for you, but he's managed to get back. You clasp onto the necklace, clasp onto the crystal, you whisper into it. Gregor, you feel revitalized as Shardok swings upwards into the side of your temple. He deals five points of damage. But as that as that fist connects, Rag your healing word heals him. Just right. seventeen points of help I believe it was. So yeah I'm down yeah so thirteen I'm on now. So yeah, you feel the hit. You're a bit shaken, but your vision comes back to how it was. You're not I feeling amazing, but you are feeling like you are with it still. Roll to hit. Just roll to hit. That's me. Yeah. Um. Twenty-five. How are you hitting him? Is he still... He's just... He's on the floor. He's punched up at you. He's hit you in the side of the face. And there's a bit of blood trickling down, but you just kind of, like, whip your head back and stare down at him. All right. Fair enough. And that, I'll just literally just go... Just straight into his head again. What? Bah! Punching. You raise your... You kind of whip your head back. You glare at him. Just fury in your eyes. You pull your fist back as far as it'll go, and you kind of like tense as hard as you can. And as you swing forward, it feels like you are putting like the force of a thousand suns into this punch. If this was any kind of anime, this is where the lines would get very scratchy. Like very just like over the top. You punch into his face, into his nose, you feel the nose fully shatter. You see bits of burn actually come out of his nose. His nose is just... You punch down further into his actual skull. You punch him onto the floor. You punch him with such force that the ring starts cracking and shatters below you. You punch him essentially into the concrete below. His arms raise up from the shock and just fall to the side. Exactly. There is silence for a second, and then, led by Ivok, 
the crowd erupts into screaming. That's how you do it! That's how you do it! Yeah! Ah! Gonna look at Murug. Murug just looks shell shocked. <laughs> Not only have you beaten his best fighter, you've destroyed the ring in the process. Just like rubble is starting to. From the punch, the rubble is just starting to fall around you. <laughs> Murug doesn't know what to say, he doesn't know what to do. He just looks shocked. I'm gonna run onto the arena now and, and just. You go, you're going to run onto the remains of the arena. As rubble is still pouring down, you're holding out Gregor's arm in victory. I'm gonna jump onto the arena as well, be like. Immediately <laughs> <With> your... <laughs> <laughs> No, to be fair, with your with your like um monk abilities here, you just land and you roll and you pick up his other arm and just raise it in victory. You hear the crowd screaming your name in just sheer admiration and joy. You congratulations, Gregor. You have finally won against Shorduck. Shorduck is out cold, pretty much in a small little crater at this point in time. The crowd is roaring. Gregor and uh, Ivik and Rag are stood either side of you, just raising your hands up as you just hear the cheering of Gregor, Gregor, Gregor. And now I'm going to loot the body. Fortunately, <laughs> he's not dead. Before it happens, I just pull my hands down and just look at both of them and go, I know you planted this. Memories. The Reaper, the Maelstrom, and the Thief is an adult Dungeons and Dragons show by Rollcast. Rollcast is JB as Ragnarok, Coogan as Gregor the Last, Gareth Ryan as Ivic Mylart, and myself, Tom Crab, as the DM. Our intro, midpoint and outro theme were all created by JB and this episode was mixed and edited by myself. A big thanks to the following for their music and ambiences as without them these sessions would not have quite the same atmosphere. Aries Beats Adrian Von Ziegler Alexander Nakarada Darren Curtis Music Eichel Gelfi Studios Scott Buckley and The Seventh Midnight full links to their tracks can be found in the episode description so please check them out as they're all amazing and quite a fair few of them don't get quite enough credit for the amazing work that they do. If you yourself play Dungeons and Dragons or even some other tabletop RPG then I'm positive that they'll have some tracks that can help elevate your session. If you've got a hankering for more Rollcast content then follow us on Twitter at castthatroll and give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash cast that role. And on both of these, we post more information on upcoming episodes, as well as some anecdotes on sessions that took place before we could do the podcast, and some of the little bits and bobs really as well. If you've listened to this episode and you want to see the video version, then why not subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching for the handle at cast that role on YouTube. Likewise, if you've watched this episode, but you want the next one to be in podcast form, then why not search for Rollcast on Spotify, iTunes, and any of the other major podcast providers. 
We also have a special catch-up episode on our channel right now that covers just about everything that we couldn't publish previously due to copyright issues. So if you want a little bit of background on the story so far, then why not give that a look? Episode 3, Bringing Down the House, releases December 14th and trust me when I say that it is quite an episode. if we're in a situation and you forget everything again i just need to know that you've got some stability there in present moment i believe so from what, from what i've gathered unless this is all not real and then i'm fucking mad oh don't go down that rabbit hole my friend this is real this is real you just you just hear the clouds like open up stop thinking too deeply <laughs> We're not going into what it means to be real. <laughs> so if you're talking I mean, about real, it's just electrical impulses. I've been in the century. Let's yes. not go into philosophy, chaps. <laughs> Continue talking and eating. <laughs> <laughs>